This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us, Andrew Patterson, along with Michael Remus. Uh, missed everybody yesterday, but we thought it was important to take the day off and observe uh, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, so we have a lot to get to today. Bombers, Lions tonight. Uh, lots of interesting news on a Jets training camp. Team heading on the road to Edmonton and Vancouver for two preseason games this weekend. Uh, number of expected cuts to be made after those games. Moose camp opening on Monday. And of course, a huge weekend in the NFL featuring maybe the biggest regular season game in NFL history. And that's with no hyperbole. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers Super Bowl champs going back to New England to take on the New England Patriots where Brady had 20 Hall of Fame seasons and uh, all those Super Bowl rings. Um, big thanks to uh, the people that make this happen every day. And that's our family of sponsors, including the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, our newest sponsor, Princess Auto. Great to have them on board and appreciate their support, along with our friends at Little Brown Jug, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. And just before we get into everything, everybody, uh, you're going to want to make sure you hang around. If you're with us live on YouTube today, you're going to want to make sure you hang around until the end of the program because it's Friday. You know what that means. Some goodies to give away. We have a stacked marble race. We've got an amazing Canadian club package. We've got some uh, new merch that we did with the official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And we've got some tickets for the Winnipeg Ice home opener as well. So we'll have three winners today. couple pairs of tickets. Our CC uh, I Love Rye package. It is going to be a great, great show with lots to chop up. Ken Weeb is going to join us a little bit later on in the program. We'll get all the latest details on the Winnipeg Jets, what was happening today, what Coach Paul Maurice had to say. And I'm definitely going to be asking Ken what he has to say about this big Sunday nighter between his guy Brady going back to New England to take on Bill Belichick. And before that, we're going to tee up tonight's Bomber-Lion game with John Hodge of Three Down Nation. Really looking forward to doing that. But uh, let's get it going and welcome in the CTO, Michael Remus, to the program. Remo, what's good, pal? We're here. I'm excited. We're not having any um, video issues today. Sorry, everyone on the podcast uh, last stream. I don't know what it was. Something with our internet. Like you were coming in, like you were on a dial-up modem, and uh, you were here in uh, in 720p. So uh, I'm happy about that. <laughs> okay, some great uh, comments in here. Chris Roke, hello everyone. My first time listening live. Chris, what's going on? Welcome. My, obviously, we love all our podcast listeners, but it's great to have people pop in when they can and join us live on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> someone said, uh, there's some other, uh, Tikona Polly, hey, WST gang, go blue by six. Uh, and then what? There was another one. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people talking about the marble race right now. People fired up right now. Rob Mahoney wants to bring back the typing cam as well. And uh, Daryl Selly. What's up, Daryl? He said, I usually just listen, but marble racing is worth one. Uh, so we got it. Oh, and someone was asking about the hoodie. Yes, this hoodie is with our friends at CoolBet. And you know what? That's another thing we'll have to give away. I've got a few of these. So um, obviously we've got some great prizes today and uh, we really got stacked with uh, some great stuff from Canadian Club. But we will absolutely have some cool bet merch to give away coming up over the course of the next few days as well. Hey, listen, before we get to all the Jets news today of practice, Remo, we, of course, went to the game on Wednesday night. Didn't have an opportunity to talk about it yesterday. 
Uh, but man, was that great to be back in the stands to see so many people out there and obviously see the, the Jets romp over the Oilers. Shout out to everyone. I know I did say that there's nothing more degen than betting on preseason hockey. Uh, that being said, when we saw the Oilers line up, couldn't help but jump on that Jets uh, m- uh, puck line at minus one and a half. They came through. Um, you know, again, it's hard to take too much from a preseason game. Um, to me, the biggest thing about it was just being back there, being back in the seats and, you know, getting to some semblance of normalcy. Um, the other thing is, I think there was some concerns. I know we both had how long is it going to take us to get in? Um, it was quick and easy. I mean, we basically almost had no wait. I mean, if I had been more organized with the tickets on my phone and had them in my Apple wallet, it would have literally gone straight through. So um, I just wanted to give a, a, a shout out to. Everyone behind the scenes, I know Kevin Donnelly put out that video earlier this week that they're working through a few things. Um, man, they got it. They, they nailed it for the game uh, on Wednesday night. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Um, and as far as the game went, Remus, uh, you know, a nice little performance by the Winnipeg Jets. A lot of their top players in it, but it was all about Jansen Harkins and Evgeny Svechnikov on Wednesday night. Yeah, before we get in, I just want to give a comment. Has you were the guy in line holding everyone up. You like didn't you didn't have your ticket. In your Apple wallet, you had to like bring up the barcode. We're waiting to get in. I I, th- I swear it was easier and more organized to get in on that uh, entrance at Graham and Donald. And it's but usually it's like absolute chaos there. But they actually had lines uh, this time. And yeah, I would say everyone make sure you add your ticket to your Apple wallet. I guess if you, I don't know what the Android alternative is, but makes it easier to uh, to bring up right away. But as far as the game goes. Yeah, the Perfetti Svechnikov Harkins line. Uh, that line was the one that you know scored most of the points. Harkins with with three, a real pretty goal uh, in alone on the goal line or on the goalie. That was the one that got me out of my seat. I, I enjoyed that. But you saw the passing from those guys. Uh, Svechnikov, real nice tip. I thought Hanel had some good passing. Uh, we had the uh, the bottom line Gustafson with Mikey Isomon and Austin Pogansky. I thought I liked Isomon to speed to drive to the yeah. net. Pogansky, he actually scored that one off his face. The header, yeah, the, the header, header goal. And another one person got hit in the face. Uh, Mikhail Burden on the bench took a Svechnikov puck and had a black eye. So if you're a goalie on the bench, uh, pay attention, I guess. But it was was a lot of fun uh, being back in the building. Hadn't been in a hockey game uh, there at Canada Life in a long time. Uh, we enjoyed the new on ice projection, and I we did. Oh yeah, great that was, point. That looked amazing. Yeah. There's going to be some really cool things when that building's full with the mm-hmm. excitement, intensity of the regular season coming off. That is going to be a huge addition to the game experience. I think for fans sitting in the seats at uh, Canada Life Center. Yeah, and uh, James Robinson says, "Yeah, they were playing the Oilers B team." Yeah, I mean, we know it was preseason. We're not. I don't think we're taking anything. Yep. We're not like overreacting so hard. I saw some people online, you know. Getting angry. I don't know if Shifley, Wheeler, Connor. Oh, they're taking the whole power play again. I mean, well, who's first of all, who's power play two? And second of all, it's game one of the preseason against the Oilers uh, AHL squad. Oh, the other thing we noticed, they moved. I pointed this out to you. They moved the the banners for the Hall yes. of Fame. They moved them. They used to be like on one of the end zones. Now they're down the middle. And the period marker on the scoreboard is now like little little jets. So like one jet for period one, two jets for I thought that was two. really cool. I yeah. thought that was cool. A nice little tweak to it all. But um, anyways, yeah. I mean, I think for, for most people coming to the preseason, there's a few guys that we wanted to see. Everyone knows that Shifley, Connor, and Wheeler will be there. Well, actually, Shifley won't be there for game one. Of course, he's suspended for the first game. But come game two, he'll be there. 
Uh, Perfetti was good, but really the story of that game again was Harkins and Svechnikov. I mean, they were everywhere making things happen. And again, yes, it was against essentially an AHL team, but I mean, the results are the results. That's a big, big move. And, you know, it's kind of a good little segue into what we saw today, Remo, from uh, for practice. A pretty interesting swap of um, players with the two groups today. And group two was essentially, for all intents and purposes, the Jets' starting lineup minus the fourth line. Um, you had Connor, you had uh, Hellebuck and Comrie uh, in group two. You had DeMello and Stanley. You had Pionk and Brendan Dillon, Josh Morrissey and Nate Schmidt. We'll talk about Nate Schmidt in a minute. He really stood out on Wednesday as well. Um, and then Connor Shifley-Wheeler, Ehlers, Kopp, and Dubois. And an interesting look on the line. No Veselainen with Lowry and Stastny today. It's Riley Nash that's in that group. And then there's Veselainen in with the rest of the guys that are sort of competing for those spots on the fourth line and on the roster with David Gustafson, along with Christian Veselainen, Jansen Harkins, and Evgeny Svechnikov. So a pretty clear delineation between the guys that are on the squad right now and the other players that are battling for spots on the opening day roster. Yeah, and I had said that, look, if you've got a, you know, a a one-way deal, you're going to be on, so... Uh, Riley Nash, his his spot is good to go, and if you got a two way deal, you got to make it make it tough. And I mean, we did see yes, uh, Riley Nash with Stasny and Lowry Veselainen was with them before, but he was with yeah Harkins Fetchikov here. Murat's got this on Twitter. Let me just uh, I'll just pull it up here. Veselainen, Harkins Fetchikov, yeah, Tononato, Perfetti, Boganski, uh, Pulley, Reichel, Eagle, Isamont, Gustafson, Johnson. So these are. Uh, these are the pairs. I mean, Perfetti, I think he's going to have to... I mean, we'll see what the rosters are. they got two games coming up back-to-back, Edmonton, Vancouver. I haven't really seen what they are, but I'm assuming, Huss, it's going to be roles reversed that, uh, you know, the veterans are going to stay home. They said Hellbuck wasn't going to go for the two games. Maybe we'll get a look at, at Burden. But uh, I would say as far as, you know, the hierarchy here of these bottom guys, I mean, Harkins would be at the top, Shvechnikov, uh, Veselina, I guess he got bumped down and, um, you know, I think Vess is still definitely, I mean, just the fact that they started him with Lowry and Stastny, I think yeah. indicates that he sort of has the inside track to his spot. I don't think he's done anything so far that has sort of, you know, put him out of favor. Um, but I think they're, you know, looking to see what a more veteran player like Nash does alongside Lowry, especially with the absence of Andrew Kopp. And we know how versatile Paul Stastny is. So, I mean, a lot of things can change, but I think this is a pretty good indication of how things might look when the team gets going against the Anaheim Ducks for game one of the season, minus, of course, the absence of Mark Shifley. And how that is handled will be a story that we'll talk to Ken about a little bit later on, and I'm sure will be a topic going forward over the next few days. We did get a chance to see, I mentioned Nate Schmidt, and yeah, you you cracked me up. We were sitting at the game, and you said something like, "Holy smokes! Look at the wheels on Bolu." Yeah. <laughs> and then of course we realized that well, no, eighty eight is now Nate Schmidt, not Nate Bolu. Um, but man, he looked good. Uh, and in addition to looking great on the ice, making some great passes, both to get out of his own zone as well as in the offensive zone. The interview that he did with Sarah Orleski, I think, had a lot of people talking. And, you know, we've kind of mentioned it over and over again about the energy that Nate Schmidt brings to the Winnipeg Jets and this team. And I'll tell you what, 
Uh, it was hard not to be excited listening to him talk to Sarah about how excited he was to be in the building, a buzz in the rink, playing in front of fans again, and to be here as a Winnipeg Jet. And, you know, I kind of said that right after he came on with us and a couple of other people, you know, Winnipeg Jet fans got to hear from Nate Schmidt. He was very quickly becoming potentially the most popular player on the team. I think he's already right up there. Um, and it sounds like a very, very popular teammate as well. Uh, already paying some dividends, albeit in the preseason. Um, But looking good with Josh Morrissey. And I'll tell you what, we'll probably see quite a bit more of Brendan Dillon and Neil Pionk, who weren't in the lineup on Wednesday, uh, going forward as uh, part of a Jets top four that looks very, very different than the way they started and finished last season. Yeah, I joke with you. uh, We saw him jumping up into the play wearing 88. I was like, what's what's bully you doing? (laughs) Doing... What, near the faceoff, Todd, in the offensive zone? I've never seen this, but it was Nate Schmidt. And I like to joke around that I'm still, you know, I see Adam Lowry out there, and once in a while I get James Wright uh, flashbacks. But, uh, I mean, this whole preseason is about um, the defense fitting in, you know, finding new pairs, and as well, you know, filling out that bottom, uh, you know, the missing forwards that uh, stepped away. But Nate Schmidt, you know, I saw the interview after, you know, we were at the game, so we couldn't watch it during. But, I mean, the guy's a character. He did his media availability. I saw some media members saying it was like a uh, stand-up routine, Huss. He goes up there, he's got the microphones in front, and he's ready to roll, telling stories about trading Pionk in the beauty league and all that. So uh, I, I think Dylan, great ad. I think he's going to, you know, we think he's going to add, uh, you know, defensive presence, physical presence, and Nate Schmidt is kind of the offensive guy and the uh, the room guy. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, once we have the full roster – but as far as a preseason game goes, I mean, it's two games. We're not, I don't think there's like too much you can really read. If we want to overreact about stuff, we can. But I think I, I think <laughs> looking at the, gr- the groups today um, said all that we needed to know. Absolutely. And we'll get to this with Ken a little bit later on. But as we mentioned, the team is going to hit the road out west tonight in Edmonton and tomorrow in Vancouver. And uh, I think Jake Heaser, who's often with us, uh, hits us up on Twitter quite a bit and follows the show. He's heading out today along with some friends to rep the Bombers at BC Place tonight against the British Columbia Lions. And then tomorrow, taking in the exhibition game between Winnipeg and Vancouver. Uh, We'll get the latest from Ken as to uh, who we think is going to be playing on the weekend, who's staying home from the trip. We do know Connor Hellebuck is not going to be playing in either of these two games. He's going to get the final two games against the Calgary Flames. Of course, the Jets have one more home exhibition game. That's coming up on Wednesday, the 6th, against Calgary. And then they go to Calgary and play the final game of the preseason a week today against the Flames. And then have five days or four days in between before officially opening the season with a 9 p.m. game against the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday, December 13th. So we do have quite a bit of Jets talk coming up with Weber a little bit later on. But we are going to get to this uh, Bomber game. And listen, we'll get to the cool bet lines a little later on, Remo. But I just did want to mention, when these lines opened up, Winnipeg was a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They pretty quickly dropped down to one-and-a-half, and then it went back up to two-and-a-half. And I remember talking with Ed Tate. He was sort of asking me about, you know, why do we think this was? And I'm like, pretty clearly. I mean, there's a bunch of money coming in on BC. I figured that this game would finish in and around three points for the Bombers. It's actually gone the other way. It was 1.5 yesterday, and now it's just one point. So the Bombers just a simple one-point favorite and only minus 118 on the money line. 
Um, you know, I think a lot of people do think that BC is somewhat due, and especially coming off that tough loss against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last week. But the Bombers have been the class of the league. They're coming off a bye, and they're getting some pretty significant players back in the lineup, like Kyrie Wilson and, of course, the Stove. So I'm very puzzled by why the line is what it is. But I'll tell you what, as a Bomber fan and someone that was probably going to lay a little sprinkle on the blue and gold one way or the other, pretty pleased that we can get them now at just one point favorites or minus 118 to win the game. Yeah, we'll see how they look um, after the bye here, if it's an advantage for them, you know, well-rested. Uh, playing a BC team who's been pretty strong, I think, defensively as well. Mike Riley throwing the ball. They had, you know, him and Lucky Whitehead were players of the month for September. And I, I don't know if this is going to be a revenge game for Lucky Whitehead or not. He was asked by Ted Wyman. I mean, people come in here, did the Bombers make a mistake? Seemed like the Bombers didn't even try to bring him back. Um, you know, he wasn't really playing that much at the end. And, you know, they are kind of loaded at receiver. And, you know, the Bombers weren't really a team that threw downfield. But, I mean, you've seen Lucky White. He can take a pass and take it uh, to the house. So he's got speed. So that's going to be a guy, I think, for me uh, to watch in, in tonight's game. But as far as the line goes, I mean, the Bombers are the best team in the CFL. Um, so minus one, I mean, basically a pick em. I do think that that's value, that's value there. So I would probably lean the Bombers uh, on that one. But I think it'll be – this is the game of the week. The other games are pretty – or the three games that are left. We had – the upset earlier this week that actually might be the game of the week, but as far as yes. two, as far as the two two good teams go, uh, I I like this game uh, tonight. The tomorrow's games well, are are not as exciting to me. It's it's funny. Schickster says, "Okay, betting don't really do it, but aren't the spreads all pretty tight? Isn't CFL like a big points, the big difference league?" Well, I mean, sometimes I mean a lot of these games are quite tight this week. I mean, everything's within a field goal. Montreal and Hamilton and Saskatchewan and Calgary. Saskatchewan a two and a half point road favorite in Calgary. But every time the Ottawa Red Blacks play, they've been, you know, often a double digit favorite or double digit underdog. Um, and that was why it was such a you know shocking upset the way they took care of the Elks for the second time this season earlier this week so we'll chop this up bombers lions and the week in the canadian football league in just a couple minutes with john hodge ken weeb's going to come up a little bit later on and we'll get to all of the latest jets news with uh with weber also find it when he and kenny and uh kenny and rennie are going to fire up another show coming up heading into the season i'm sure weber will have some information on that um just quickly from last night shout out to the jags Good teams win. Great teams cover. Uh, I went head-to-head with Dustin Nielsen in the lock shop on that one. So nice to see you get a win. Big, big comeback for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals after a really miserable first half. Um, And I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later on, Remo, after we get to Ken, or maybe we will do it with Ken. Tough loss for Robbie Ray and the Blue Jays last night. Bomb after bomb after bomb going out of the Rogers Center against the Cy Young favorite. And they now head into the final weekend, trailing both Seattle and Boston by a game for that final wild card. They, the good thing is they're playing the Orioles, who stink. And I think a sweep is very realistic. But at the same time, um, they're going to need to, they, they need a little bit of help, if you will, because of the fact that, you know, there's only three games left and both the uh, Mariners and the Boston Red Sox have pretty weak opponents as well. So they do need a little bit of help. But first things first, they got to take care of business beginning tonight against the O's. Yeah, that was definitely a missed opportunity there against the Yankees. Uh, pretty upsetting. You had what Stanton bomb in the first one. And then it was Aaron Judge hitting like the longest homer that anyone 
and the Yan- like all season for the Yankees and a career best. Like so, uh, it was not ideal, but it's going to be tough for the Jays. They're not out of it. This isn't the way you'd like to see the season end here. They ha- definitely had an opportunity, but weren't able to capitalize. So we'll um, we'll we'll be watching here this weekend when they take on the Orioles. You got it. All right, let's uh, get ready to uh, have a little chat with our good friend John Hodge of Three Down Nation. Uh, before we do that, I want to give a big thank to a Manitoba Battery for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you need a battery for literally everything, Donnie and the guys at Manitoba Battery have your hookup. Bob, they're at 1026 Logan. You can give them a call at 783-8787 or hit them online at manitobabattery.com. They'll give you the best products at the best deals. Save you money and time from going to a place like a big box store to get the battery that you need. Winter is, unfortunately, just around the corner, despite how nice it is right now. So you might want to get proactive. Make sure that you hook that up. And they also do have a fall special for those of you that maybe squeezed out another time on the water with this gorgeous weather. You're going to put the boat away, maybe a summer car, um, a fall special, a $20 maintainer for your battery or summer car so that when you get ready to go in the spring, that sucker is ready to go. You can find out more manitobabattery.com. Give them a call at 783-8787. And the bottom line is if you need a battery, you'll get it at the best price and they'll deliver it to you anywhere within the city of Winnipeg. Um, God, our guys at Royal Sports are busy right now. Hockey season is here. They had that massive tent sale, but incredible deals right now. And so much merchandise when it comes to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Winnipeg Jets, NFL. If there's something with uh, for your team that you want, they probably have it at Royal Sports. You can go and see them at 750 Pamina Highway. And while you're there, are they still getting more bikes in? If you had a tough time finding a quality bike this summer because of the shortage, they're coming in. And of course, camping and the biggest best selection of hockey equipment with the experts to help you get fitted at royal sports 750 pemina highway and man this week has been insane we hit 31 degrees a couple days ago you mentioned we're squeezing a little bit more to summer and there's nothing that says summer more than a trip to the nick and nicky dq for a blizzard or some of the other great ice cream treats that they have. There's four locations, the DQ in Niverville, the DQ Northgate, DQ over at Polo Park, and the DQ on St. Anne's. Uh, Some amazing flavors, including the Kit Kat Blizzard with his back. And of course, if you're having an event or going to an event, be the hero. Show up with the DQ ice cream cake, and you can order that sucker in advance. Hit them up on Instagram, at DQ Manitoba. They'll have it ready for you quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. All right, let's get ready for CFL kickoff tonight. Bombers and Lions, hell of a matchup out on the West Coast. And John Hodge from Three Down Nation joins us now. What's going on, John? Great to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing great. You uh, you said the words Dairy Queen ice cream cake, and I just kind of glossed over for a moment. So I'm I'm doing well. <laughs> ah, it might go well with the game tonight. We'll see. Uh, it's always a nice reward. We'll see where the Bombers get the reward, of course, uh, with a big win. Um, I'm telling you right off the bat, we'll get to the roster and everything. Been very interested watching the betting line for this game. Bombers opened, I mean, I, I believe Regal had it at like five or five and a half. Kubat had it at three and a half. It dropped down to one and a half, went to two and a half. And then last night it was one and a half. And then now it's one right now. What do you make of the uh, seemingly public support right now for the BC Lions as a home underdog going up against so far through half the season, the class of the CFL? Well, I mean, the, you know, the Bombers are are the class of the CFL, as you said. They're number one in the West for good reason. And let's not forget BC lost last week to Saskatchewan at home and 
the Bombers, you know, on a back-to-back with Saskatchewan handled them easily, frankly, both games. But that being said, you know, the result was a rider win last week at BC Place. But honestly, I, I thought the Lions outplayed Saskatchewan for most of that game. There was that, you know, awkward, you know, fumble return on the kick return, uh, the onsider at the end of the game that put the Riders ahead by a touchdown. They covered in that game, but uh, it was the backdoor cover of all backdoor covers. Uh, you know, the the Lions, they can't run the ball very well, but outside of that, they're, they're doing a lot of things right. They're D-line stout. Uh, they they don't allow a ton of passing yards. I, I've had a few people tell me they have the best secondary in the league in their estimation, and Michael Riley's slinging it, so I get it. And uh, that said, I, if, if the line was still at 5-6, like you mentioned, us it open, I'd be all over uh, the uh, the Lions. But right now, if you're looking to place a bet on the Bombers, I saw the line. I was online yesterday as it went from 1.5 to 1, and uh, that was when I placed my bet. I'm putting it on Winnipeg. With that few points to, to have to eat, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Well, and let's talk about the Bombers going into this game. We'll get to BC and some familiar faces on the Lions in a minute. Um, but in addition to the Bombers having the rest of the, the bye week, and again, sometimes people will say maybe they wouldn't be quite ready to get right back into it. They are getting some pretty significant players back in the lineup. Uh, presumably they're able to go, including Kyrie Wilson. Let's talk about some of the familiar faces that haven't been in the lineup that are coming back. Well, that, that's a great point, Huss. And if there's one knock on this Bomber defense, last year they finished first against the run. This year, believe it or not, they're actually ninth, which seems wild. They're average, They're allowing an average of 5.7 yards per carry along the ground. And uh, if you're looking to fix that, I don't think you can get much better than Steve Stove Richardson at nose tackle. He admitted to the media this week, you know, I think he's listed at six foot, but He's about five, ten and a half on a good day. Uh, but that said, he's as wide as he is tall, and he moves really well for his size. He's he's arguably the number one run stuffer in the CFL. The Bombers have been without him basically all season. He left week one with an injury, is finally back. I believe it was a foot. Um, so I think he's really going to help stuff the run. Now, if there was ever a team where you don't necessarily need the help against the run, it's BC. We'll talk about that more later, but... You know, keeping keeping opposing offenses one-dimensional is always a good thing. Kyrie Wilson, I think, is going to help a lot with that as well. Kyrie, you know, I think he said, he told the media this week, I think he missed one game at Fresno State. He's never missed a game as a pro. Well, he's been out all season, has yet to dress for a game. John Trell Rockamore started their week one. Jesse Briggs has started the last six games. Uh, Jesse Briggs, I think, is a great special teamer. But there have been times where I think they needed a little more help in those running lanes. So I I think those two guys on the defensive side of the football are really going to help. And then the other spot, this bomber team maybe needs a bit of a punch is the return game. And that's where Janarian Grant comes in. Mike O'Shea told the media this week, he said, well, it doesn't really matter who's back there returning kicks. If our, if our blocking isn't better, the way that he referred to it was uh, a picture. He said, if we don't give the picture or the returner a more clear picture of where to go with the football, we're not going to help. Uh, I, I agree with that to an extent, but I just think Janarian Grant is so explosive. Uh, he's a guy who pushed Lucky Whitehead out of a job last season and uh, had two touchdowns in his first career CFL game. So I think if anyone's going to get the return game ignited, it's Janarian Grant. Well, uh, let's stay on special teams for a minute. The biggest topic amongst Bomber fans has been the kicking game. Well, really special teams overall. The lack of a return game, you just hit on that. Um, but it was a... It was a, a, not a great debut for the new Bomber kicker, and uh, apparently uh, he spent the entire week 
here in Winnipeg practicing. He's going to get another opportunity, it sounds like, and what an opportunity to do it in BC in a dome. I don't think there's any more pressure on any player than Alma Mortada. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you follow Ali on Twitter, his Twitter handle is at Hakuna Mortada, which is probably the greatest Twitter handle of all time. I'll give him credit for that. But he talked this week about using that as a Disney fan. Of course, a famous Lion King reference, Hakuna Matata, meaning no worries. He talked about using that, right? He went 0-3 for 3 in his debut. He, he did not look good. Fortunately for him, the game was on the road, so he was spared getting booed by the home crowd. I bet he's happy he's on the road again. Because we all know if he came out and missed, a, say, a 35-yarder to start this one at IG Field, he'd be getting booed off the field by the hometown fans. So for his sake, I'm sure he's glad on the road. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad philosophy to have. Akuna Matata, no worries. Uh, Mike O'Shea has his back. And, and also, he did catch a break, given that the Bombers won that game by two touchdowns, despite the fact that he missed all three of his field goal attempts. He seemed to be happy with how he was hitting the ball, even though, of course, he did miss wide right on all three attempts. Mike O'Shea gave him a vote of confidence saying, yeah, I like how he's hitting the ball. I think the process is good. It's just the result that was off. So, yeah, there's pressure on him. Certainly there will be pressure on him if tonight's game is close, which I think most people anticipate it will be. But, uh, hey, I'll give the Bombers credit for one thing. They're not going to do the the knee-jerk reaction that some teams may have done and cutting him after a game. No, they gave him the bye week. They gave him the opportunity to keep improving, getting his legs settled. And I'm excited to see tonight if he's able to bounce back. Well, the funny thing is, all that being said, they're going into the eighth game of the season and he is the third place kicker that they've had so far this season, John. So, I mean, it's far from established that, you know, he'll be the guy going forward. In fact, it's probably on the other side. He really does have to prove something going forward uh, and starting with tonight. Huge opportunity for him. Um, But you really do look at the special teams and, you know, the return game, having Janarian Grant, I think, is a big boost. And you talk about the other guys that have come back to the lineup and a relatively healthy bomber offense. They're in a pretty good position to go in and Man, you win this game on the road against BC after sweeping Saskatchewan in the Banjo Bowl in the Labor Day Classic. Um, you know, not much work left to do if they win tonight to uh, make sure that they're uh, hosting that West Final. You're absolutely right. I mean, they they had Edmonton last week, completely disposed of them. And Edmonton, I mean, if, if you go into Ottawa and you, and you lose like they did by 10 points, I don't think at that point you're a serious threat in the West. And, you know, with Calgary in the toilet, with with the Bombers having the tiebreaker over Saskatchewan, you're absolutely right, Has This, I think, if, if the Bombers are not going to finish first place in the West, it's going to be because they lost uh, both of their games to BC or at least lost the season series. The Bombers have a four-point advantage on BC right now. They've got a two-point advantage on Saskatchewan, but the tiebreaker essentially makes it four points. If they can go into BC tonight and win, especially by any reasonable margin, if they win by a touchdown or more, you're taking a ton of pressure off yourself because when you host BC a few weeks from now, you got the hometown crowd, right? You're you're hopefully going to have some nice fall football weather that uh, I mean, maybe, you know, a cushy dome team like BC is not going to be accustomed to BC again. Don't run the ball well. That does not bode for playing outdoors in Winnipeg in the month of October. Uh, so you're you're absolutely right. This is a big testing, this one. But 
boy, with six games to play after tonight, uh, yeah, the Bombers are doing themselves a heck of a favor uh, if they're able to win this one. Because frankly, their schedule is is light coming down the stretch. They they get two games of their final six against Edmonton. They've got Calgary still. Um, it's not a daunting schedule. So absolutely, if the Bombers can take care of business tonight, it's not necessarily cruise control to the end of the season, but there, there's certainly no panicking in Bomberland the last six weeks of the season if they can jump to 7-1 and one tonight. Uh, folks, make sure you're following John on Twitter at John D. Hodge. And uh, from there, you can bounce over to 3 Down Nation where uh, all John's work is. And John, you got an interesting piece on a very familiar face to Blue Bomber fans. Lucky Whitehead in his new home in B.C. has been one of the great stories of the year. This is a guy that had a hard time finding a regular spot in the Bomber lineup after a great start. And now here he is leading the Canadian Football League in receiving yards. Uh, and he uh, obviously very much looking forward to the opportunity to go up against his old team tonight. We're just having a tough time. You're kind of cutting out the receptions bat. If you can, um, just uh, cut out and then Remus is going to phone you because I do want to ask you a couple of the other things about some of the other things that are happening in around the Canadian Football League. So just pop out. We'll get you on the phone and uh, finish up the interview because there are some big things happening in the Canadian Football League outside of Winnipeg and B.C., I'm very interested to hear uh, John's take on it. Uh, it sounds like Duke Williams coming back to the Canadian Football League. If you're Posey, a free agent right now, and certainly there are some spots outside of Winnipeg, especially with Naaman Roosevelt still trying to crack the lineup and get an opportunity to play where he would be. Uh, again, Bombers, Lions tonight, 9.30, and then a doubleheader tomorrow uh, with the with the two games getting going, I believe the uh, early game, the Eastern game, the Alouettes and Ticats, going to be a three o'clock start, and then at six o'clock, second half of the doubleheader on TSN, big Western Division matchup between the Calgary Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and to me, this is the season for the Calgary Stampeders. If they can't win against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and fall to two and six on the year. It's probably going to be next year time for Calgary, considering what that would mean for Saskatchewan, where BC is already, and of course, where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are. Uh, and then coming up later on, we'll get to uh, we'll get to Kenny with a little bit more Jets talk. Johnny, great to have you back on it. You know, we, we had a tough time hearing uh, some of you, for whatever reason, the uh, reception conked out there at the end. Uh, maybe just reset Lucky going up against his old squad tonight and uh, the incredible season that he's had so far this year in BC. For sure, us. Yeah, I mean, Lucky talking to people around the league in 2019, they had some questions about whether or not he truly was a receiver, right? How much of a of a true receiver skill set he really had. Was he just an electrifying returner who could catch the occasional, you know, bubble screen or quick hitch and, and, and make some, some plays like that? Or could he actually go down the field and separate and run traditional routes, make catches in traffic, uh, sit down in the zone in the proper places? And I think he's answered that question this season. You know, he, he worked super hard in the offseason. And Nick Taylor, Winnipeg Blue Bomber defensive back, spoke to the media this week and said, yeah, I like he off, he, he spends the off season in Miami, Florida, but yeah, lucky came down. We trained together. He ran a route against me and I just went, Whoa, you are way better now than you were with Winnipeg in 2019. And, you know, lucky whitehead isn't that old. I think he's 28, 29, but in this case, I think you can, you know, in, in pro football, an older dog can apparently learn new tricks. I mean, he's 
he's doing the same electrifying things with the ball in his hands that he was in 2019. But in BC, he, he's starting at that X spot, that boundary wide receiver spot where you have to be a really crisp route runner. You have to be a smart receiver uh, to make plays. And he's doing that in spades. I mean, he's leading the CFL in receiving yards. And when you take the, just the athletic gifts that he has in terms of, of speed, in terms of, you know, acceleration, elusivity, all those things. And you combine it with the skill set of a traditional receiver. You've got a pretty dynamic weapon there. And Lucky Whitehead, I think, is showing that, you know what, maybe the Bombers should have, uh, should have done more to try to retain his services rather than, uh, you know, essentially sitting out and, and letting him walk to BC without much protest. Well, it'll be a, it, you know that'll be an interesting side story um, to the matchup between the Bombers and British Columbia Lions tonight with the Lucky Whitehead getting a crack at his old team. Now, if you go to Three Down Nation right now, uh, one of the top stories is about another receiver that's had incredible success in the Canadian Football League, and that is Duke Williams, who tweeted out today that the CFL Welcome Home Party is coming soon. What do you make of that, and um, how big would that be for whatever team can get Duke Williams back in the three-down game? Well, Duke Williams led the CFL in receiving yardage in 2018. Uh, With Edmondson, that's what got him a look with the Buffalo Bills. He was there for two full seasons, played a fair amount in 2019. And, you know, Duke is not a speedster. He, He doesn't have breakaway speed, but... To me, what what just stood out so much about him, I mean, his size, 6'3", 230, is, you know, he's an imposing target, but he just loves to run through people. CFL fans may may remember in 2018, Gary Peters, the unfortunate (laughs) defensive back for the BC Lions, is that famous clip of him, you know, waving Duke Williams on, basically challenging him at the line of scrimmage, hey, come run around against me, and uh, immediately regretted it. Duke Williams completely ran him over, flattened him. So when you're a receiver like that, who's not afraid to be the, the hammer more than the nail, uh, man, you, you can make some plays, especially with his size, his ball skills. So we don't know where Duke is signing. I, I've already been led to believe that Winnipeg is not a, uh, a potential destination for him. So Bomber fans, if you're wondering, uh, no, it doesn't sound like Duke Williams will be will be landing in the peg, but some teams that I think make sense. I think we could see him in Calgary where their receiving core, I think needs a boost. I think we could see him in Ottawa for that same reason. Uh, and another team I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to Edmonton, but another team I'll throw in there, the Saskatchewan rough riders, Jason Moss was the head coach in Edmonton while Duke Williams was doing great things. Last I checked, Jason Moss is now the OC in Saskatchewan, their receiving core is a little banged up. I could see that being a connection. So that's my list of four right now. Winnipeg not on it, but man, it's going to be exciting to see him come back to the CFL. One of the most fun players to watch in the entire league, in my opinion. No doubt about it. And, and you know what? Another game breaker that's on the market is a former Great Cup MVP, Devere Posey. Absolutely. Real disappointment, I think, in Hamilton. You know, they, they signed him in February 2020 away from Montreal and you just go, wow. Like you look at that, that Hamilton offense that was so dynamic in 2019 and they add a piece like Devere Posey. Well, then the CFL season gets canceled. They bring him back for 2021. He gets hurt. Braylon Addison gets hurt. Brandon Banks gets hurt. And now as everyone's coming healthy, they, they decide to move on and credit to the young players, Poppy White, 
Tim White, Stephen Dunbar Jr., those guys who have stepped up in Hamilton and helped lead them to a four and three record despite all of the injuries. But you know, it's uh, you know, as as a football fan, it's disappointing when you don't get to see an elite target like that function in that offense. And you know, the the two teams that immediately popped out to me as potential destinations for Posey were the the Calgary Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks for the reasons I mentioned. They both got struggling receiving course, especially in Calgary. They're they're just banged up. Um, they're missing Kamar Jordan, who's, who's unlikely to play, my understanding, tomorrow, and has had a ton of injury issues over the last few years. And Kamar Jordan, you know, when healthy, the last time he was really 100% was 2018. He's outstanding, but I think a lot of people forget that he's he's sneaky old. He's already 32. Like, Devere Posey's been around longer, but he's actually younger than Kamar Jordan. So if I was the Stampeders, you know, if, if I was taking a swing right now, I would take a swing at both of them. If you get one, great. And if you miss on one, you know, ho- hopefully you get the other. I, I don't think it particularly matters who you pick up. I think the only mistake you can make if you're the Stampeders is, is whiffing on both. Ottawa, I think you could say the same thing. If you get one, you're happy. Uh, personally, I think Devere Posey, it's Paul Apolise's mold a little bit better than Duke Williams. Uh, but both teams, you know, need help to get to the playoffs. They're both sitting there at two and five right now at the bottom of the West and the East divisions respectful, uh, respectively. So if I'm Calgary or Ottawa, those are the, those are, those are two guys who I'm definitely hopping on because we're still only at the midway point of the season and it's, it's too early to throw in the towel, go out, get some better help in the receiving core and keep pushing. Well, speaking of too early, I mean, to me, this is their Calgary season is on the line against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're two and a half point home underdogs. I was looking at three down nation. Most of the people picking are on the riders and I get it. But I just have this feeling I have a hard time counting Bo Levi Mitchell and this team out knowing what's at stake right now. It just doesn't seem possible that they could essentially be eliminated eight games into a 14 game season. But that's what we're staring at. What do you make of this matchup, John? And can the Calgary sort of weasel their way back into it with a big win at home against the Riders? Well, you know, if you'd hopped into a time machine, right, and you go back eight, nine weeks and you tell somebody, hey, you're going to be able to get Calgary at home plus two and a half. I think you'd tell that person they were nuts, right? Like you'd, you'd be booking them a spot in the loony bin. You, you never would have imagined it. But that's the world we're living in right now. Calgary has been miserable in general. They've especially been bad at home, which is wild. Like I don't think Calgary has finished worse than six and three at home in the last decade. And they're going to lose more games at McMahon this season than any of those other years in a shortened year, right? Only seven games at home. They usually get nine, um, which is just wild. I, I, I'm with you. I, I can't completely write them off yet. I am on the riders tonight and I might even take the minus two and a half. I haven't, I haven't sprinkled on that game yet. But, you know, Bolivar Mitchell has simply not looked like Bolivar Mitchell. Jake Mayer has better numbers. He's passed the eyeball test better. You know, you, you give Bo the benefit of the doubt to an extent because, of course, he's a two-time MOP. He's had the fractured fibula, which obviously is, is going to inhibit his play. But they, they were pretty insistent going into his most recent game that he was healthy. And, and he looked terrible. In, in that loss to a very beat-up Hamilton team. Let's not forget, when they lost to Hamilton two weeks ago, there was no Brandon Banks, no Braylon Addison, no Jeremiah Mazzoli like they're getting back this week. They essentially lost to a bunch of backups, including the third-string quarterback, David Watford. So 
You're bang on Huss. This is a must win for Calgary because they got three in a row here against the Riders. And if you're the Stamps, you're looking at yourself two and five in the standings. I'm not sure you have to sweep to make the playoffs, but you certainly have to take two of three. You've got to get that season series. You've got to do whatever you can to scratch, claw, and move up. And if you're going to win any of them, right, and it's certainly if you're going to get to two, you've got to win the first one, especially when you're at home. So I think it's too early to count them out, but to me, tonight is, is the last game. Even with Calgary being a dynasty, right, being, being the class of the league over the last decade, you know, making it to a ton of great cups, having all these award winners, winning a couple of championships. I think tonight is the night where if they do not win, I, I, I just don't think, or pardon me, Saturday, if they do not win on Saturday, I think that is the game where you pull the pin. You say, okay, the, this season, if the season, you know, I think, I, I mean, if, if, if the nail's not in the coffin, it, it's going to be on Saturday if they don't win this game because uh, they're not catching, they're not going to catch Winnipeg. If they lose, they're not catching Saskatchewan, and uh, even the Lions is going to be tough. So yes, I, I pressure certainly on in Cowtown. Holy smokes! Just quickly, Stan Scott, big super chat. Thank you very much. That is very generous, and we really do appreciate it. Stan coming through big time in the YouTube chat. Very very nice of you, um, John. Two more questions for you quickly. One CFL and one other. Um, I, I just have to ask you. How bad of a loss was that for Edmonton on Tuesday night? It's about as bad of a loss as you can have, to be quite frank. I mean, you're, you're playing a rookie quarterback who's never dressed for a CFL game. And uh, <laughs> you, you go out and you're down 14 zip. What was it? I think it was four and a half minutes into the game. You're yeah, down immediately. 14 zip. I mean, Spotted him two Jamie touchdowns. Elizondo said he was embarrassed after the loss. He said he was disappointed. He actually, he said it twice. He said twice, I am embarrassed. And I give him credit for the honesty. Uh, I don't think you can give him much credit for the coaching job because, again, his team is at the basement of the West Division. They, they've they lost to Ottawa two times. Ottawa, you know, uh, in their remaining five games, they've they've lost those five games by an average of 19.5 points. But they're 2-0 and against the Elks. Um, and, and one of Edmonton's wins came against Calgary. So... You know, those, those are two bottom feeders right now who, who have both beaten each other once. So, you know, uh, I give credit to Brock Sunderland, who, who, who spoke uh, to the, uh, the local media there on, uh, on it would have been Thursday and, and basically just reiterated, yeah, we're, we're not looking to make a coaching change. And I'll give Elizondo credit for the COVID situation in Edmonton. David Beard missed the last game. They're starting center because of COVID protocol. They had an outbreak of 13 players getting the virus previous to that. They lost Kwaku Boateng for a game because of COVID protocol. So, like, like they've they've been hit by the virus way harder than any other team. So, I, I give them some credit for that. But losing to Ottawa, you know, especially the way they did, was was pretty unbelievable. Their special teams are atrocious. Their defense made Caleb Evans look like the second coming of Condrich Holloway, and and the offense. I mean, Taylor Cornelius, I think, played better in his second start than his first start. I actually thought the numbers did not do him justice in that start against Winnipeg. He had zero touchdowns, three picks, but I thought just the eyeball test, he looked better than the numbers reflected. And that, that stood up this past week. He had three touchdown passes, but the two picks again are are hard to overlook. So yeah, I'm not ready to write off Edmondson entirely, but that leash is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Cause I mean, let's, let's be honest. The red blacks when not playing Edmonton, 
have been one of the worst teams I think I can remember watching ever. And to be 0-2 against that outfit is is simply unacceptable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Hey, shout out to the Puck and Pigskin podcast. You just popped into the YouTube, uh, YouTube chat. Hey, don't count out the stamps in the crossover. I- I'm with you, but they got to win some games to do that. I mean, I think Montreal is going to win. I mean, they're going to get Ottawa a few times more, I believe. So, um, and you have to have a better record than that. There's no tiebreaker. I mean, if it's a tie, it goes to the East team. So really up against it with some tough divisional games coming up. John, before we go, I know we're focused in and you guys are doing a great job focusing on the Canadian Football League, but you do pay attention to what's going on in the National Football League. And this Sunday night, I have to ask you your thoughts on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers going back to New England to take on Belichick and the Patriots on Sunday night football. Well, I can't wait. Huh? So I'll, I'll say this. I, I am never, uh, I, I never cease to be shocked at how many people disrespect Tom Brady. I'm not saying a like, I 100% understand and appreciate why people don't like Tom Brady but the number of people out there on social media and wherever else who try to discredit him or downplay his accomplishments, I'm sorry. I'm just not here for it. He's the goat. You don't have to like it. You don't have to, uh, you, you know, you don't have to buy your Brady Jersey. You don't have to go out and buy a, a Tampa Bay t-shirt, but what you do have to do is respect him. He is the goat. He not only did what he did in new England for two decades, uh, he's now doing that in Tampa Bay. He won a Super Bowl for the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks, outside of you know that miraculous run 20 years ago with that amazing defense, have generally been a laughing stock in the NFL. And oh, last I checked, the New England Patriots were a running joke in the NFL before Tom Brady got there. So Bill Belichick is an amazing coach. He's done incredible things, but he has not been successful without Tom Brady. Whereas the opposite, Tom Brady has been successful without Bill Belichick. So I get it. You don't have to like Tom Brady. You can hate him. In fact, that's almost a compliment to some pro athletes, getting the hate, right, from fans who hate how good they are. Um, but I, I'm excited to watch it. I'll be on the Bucks. Um, I think I think the, the, the Patriots have improved somewhat since last year. I like what I've seen from Mac Jones uh, thus far, but – I, I just think the Bucks are are right up there with, with anybody. I know they, they took a loss recently, but uh, no, I, I, I'm going to be watching and uh, I'm going to be picking the Bucks to win that and Tom Brady beating his old head coach. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I think that the Bucks are the smart money to win the game. Although I do think a lot of people are overlooking the defensive genius of Bill Belichick and the fact that he knows Tom Brady better than maybe any other player in NFL history. And he talked about it. The offense that they're running is very similar. I don't know whether he was just, you know, pumping up his own tires or taking some credit for what's going on there in Tampa. But he did say that they're running basically the same offense that he ran here in New England for 20 years you know that Bill Belichick's going to have a few tricks up his sleeve, and it won't be easy for Brady to come in there. But, of course, he's going to set the all-time passing record. I think he needs 68 yards, so it will be. The more I think about it, I I think it's not hyperbole to say this is probably the biggest regular season game in NFL history, John. I don't think that's hyperbole at all, Hus. We've never seen a coach or a quarterback reach this level, right? Enjoy these heights. You know, people are already ready to put Patrick Mahomes in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not for one moment suggesting that Patrick Mahomes is not a great quarterback. What I am saying 
is that what Patrick Mahomes has accomplished is not yet 20% of what Tom Brady has accomplished. When you look at the whole resume, like Tom Brady is not just out in front. He's lapping hall of fame players. Like he, what, what he's accomplished and you highlighted it, the all time passing record. I, I mean, what, what more can you ask between the super bowls, the MVPs, the super bowl MVPs, you know, the all time passing record, He's done it now with multiple teams. That was, you know, if there ever was a knock on Brady, it was, oh, well, he's got Belichick or, oh, he's got that defense. Well, he did what he did in New England for 20 years without the team ever investing in, in an elite receiver outside of, you know, a year or two with Randy Moss. He did it without the team ever investing in an amazing running game. Bill Belichick used all his picks on the defensive side of the ball, and they took advantage of the fact that Brady was making less than he probably should have against the cap. And uh, guess what? He took it down south. The Tampa Bay had that level of success, which is remarkable. But I, I agree. We've we've never seen players reach this height. Coaches reach this height. Now they're playing against each other. It's going to be outstanding theater. And you know what, Huss? I think I, I you may have swayed me a bit. I, I might be rooting for the Pats in this game, not because I don't like Brady, not because I don't respect Brady, but it would be fun to see the uh, to see Mr. Miyagi beat the Karate Kid one more time. You know, I, I just I think a lot of people are expecting the Bucks to go in and just embarrass the the Patriots, and I'm not there yet. I think I'm going to be on the Pats plus seven in this game, and uh, think that it will be close. I'm certainly hoping for it because there there is no spectacle like this matchup. Um, and I know some people I, think about it. There's been huge games to determine people going to the playoffs and what before, but everything that surrounds this game with the history of the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach of all time meeting when he's about to break the all-time passing record, uh, you could not script this any better. John, thanks so much for doing this. It's going to be a great weekend of football beginning tonight with the Bombers and Lions. Keep up the great work at Three Down and look forward to having you back on the show real soon. Thanks, Host. Anytime. Good stuff. There he is, John Hodge. Follow him on Twitter, at John D. Hodge, and check out his work over at Three Down Nation. All right, Kenny Weeb coming up in just a couple minutes. We'll talk Jets with Weber. Um, do want to thank our newest sponsor, Princess Auto, for joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We'll be doing a weekly curling update for Princess Auto and, of course, telling you all about the uh, best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around uh, they've got everything you need to complete the projects on your list or something new at Princess Auto. You can visit them online or in-store today, and they'll help you make it work. Shop all the great deals at Princess Auto 24 hours a day at princessauto.com or come see them at one of their two Winnipeg locations. And just while we mentioned the curling, our pal Reed Carruthers, of course, Team Mike McEwen, supported incredibly for eight years now by Princess Auto, Reed, who joined us earlier today, uh, earlier this week on the show, is out at the Qualico Mixed Doubles Classic out in Red Deer. And uh, they're tied right now. He and his partner, uh, Negovin, tied right now against the uh, Laycock rink in the Mixed Doubles. 3-3, playing in the fourth inning, or fourth inning, the fourth end. Um, they're 1-1, one one, I believe, right now. So uh, lots at stake right now. Huge tournament. Curling Zone's a great spot if you want to keep up to date on everything that's happening with the uh, with the mixed doubles qualifying. And of course, congratulations again to the Mike McEwen team who qualified for the Olympic trials coming up at the end of November over in Saskatoon. Um, also want to shout out our friends at Little Brown Jug. I mean, we had this incredible weather. It's going to stretch into next week. 
Uh, it won't just be the tap room that's banging right now. It'll also be the great patio. If you've never been out to Little Brown Jug over on William Avenue, you've got to get down there. Try the great 1919. They're launching a new beer as well. Um, but it's all there, both inside and outside. You can pick up to take home as well. And they still do have that offer right now on the remaining stock of the summer variety pack. Uh, with every variety pack you pick up online or at Little Brown Jug at William Avenue, you get a $5 gift card for your next Little Brown Jug purpose. And uh, we mentioned just talking with John about this weekend coming up. In addition to a do-or-die series for the Blue Jays, Bombers-Lions tonight, CFL doubleheader tomorrow in Jays, and then an incredible NFL Sunday, finishing up with the Sunday Nighter. Uh, no better place to watch the big game on the big screen with sound, than Boston Pizza. Boston Pizza Lounge near you will be the place to be this weekend. Hook up with your crew. Enjoy some of those wings, pizzas, schooners, and that much more at Boston Pizza, where everyone gathers together. And, of course, you can order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, that was great stuff talking some pigskin with John Hodge. Let's get back to the pucks right now and welcome in our good friend, the one, the only, Ken Weeb. At Weeb's World on Twitter, Sportsnet contributor, and um, you know, man of man of mystery. To be honest, what's going on, Weber? I, by the way, appreciate you dressing up for us today. Great look today, and I will say that is one of the most elite tie knots I've seen in a long time. You're not new to this, are you? Huss, good to see you, uh, of course, and uh, my apologies for being a few minutes late. Uh, came directly after our uh, our Sportsnet.ca hit uh, with uh, with Sean Reynolds there, so uh, I'm doing the reverse casual Friday. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen, it's been a casual two years, I think, for everybody. So <laughs> very uh, true. You know, for you, like you know, rock a nice suit every now and then. It's uh, it's great that you're classing up the uh, the live stream a little bit today. Um, let's get to it. Right, look, a bunch of things I want to get to. Actually, not sure. hockey, but let's start off with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, first off, what did you think about Wednesday's game? Who stood out to you? Yeah, Other I mean, than the I'll... obvious, Jansen Harkins and Svechnikov, who were on the scoreboard every time they got on the ice, it seemed. Well, I was going to say those two uh, definitely uh, showed very well in that contest, Huss, for sure. I know there's a lot of folks that were ready to pencil them in uh, as as permanent line mates. Uh, Paul Maurice pouring a little bit of water on that today, but uh, I like the, both of their games. Jansen Harkins has had an excellent camp. Uh, he's always been a, a prototypical fast starter, even back to the days of the Young Stars tournaments in Penticton. He was always one of those guys that was able to shine uh, whether he was an underage, you know, just drafted or one of the players had been there for a while. Uh, I really liked his uh, attitude and composure during this camp. We know it didn't go well for him last year, as well as he had hoped to being limited to only 26 games and goal and two points. I mean, that was not what anyone expected. And it was kind of one of those stories that was one of the confusing parts. Uh, sorry, I'm getting some background. Is that on yours? Yes, yeah, that, that is a little weird. I don't know. Maybe we can talk to Remus. Remo, any uh, any thoughts on a little bit of the feedback we're getting? Is this the WST audio gremlin <laughs> popping in and uh, having some fun with us on a Friday afternoon? I was going to say, I thought it was our show that was known for the uh, technical difficulties, Huss, but... Uh, that sounds a little better. Uh, yeah, sorry you sound that. great now. Okay, now, now we're rolling. And as far as Svechnikov goes, Huss, I think he's been fantastic throughout uh, starting at the pro minicamp. So you know, for it's, me, it's starting again. I tell you what, Ken, just pop out and pop back okay. in, and we'll see if it's any different. And uh, we'll sounds see if the CTO now. has any theories uh, to it while it's happening, while we get uh, we get Ken back in. Oh, that was you. Okay, well, Ken's going to come back. We'll apologize. We'll apologize to him. The WST audio gremlin. Is at the uh, it, it has been taking place at the uh, at the CTO's spot. 
Ken, you know what? This we, we can't hang this one on you. Apparently, the the CTO has owned owned it. Um, but you're back. Um, keep on keep back. Basically, just pick up where you left off with Harkins and Svetch. Just just wanted me to say what uh, wake up on a Friday. I think that was probably <laughs> uh, probably what, uh, what what transpired there, Hus. But uh, Svechnikov has been a guy who's really opened some eyes right from the beginning of the pro mini camp uh, before the veterans started to join the group. Uh, we obviously know he's got a great shot. Uh, you know, even though Mikhail Burden was make, cracking a few jokes about him today about uh, maybe you should work in a shot a little bit more after uh, nailing him on the uh, on the nose on the bench uh, of that first preseason in the game against Ottawa but I mean this is a perfect example Huss about sometimes you just don't know what you're going to get this was a low risk potentially high reward signing in the offseason by the Winnipeg Jets after Evgeny Svechnikov was uh, set loose by the Detroit Red Wings We've, I've said it to you before, and Kevin Chevaldeev confirmed that the Jets were interested in Svechnikov in that 2015 draft before Kyle Connor dropped to them. They had him in for uh, to check his medical records, and he got a taste of the city. And uh, when he became a free agent in the summer, it looked like a really good fit. And uh, he's a guy to me, Huss. I mean, again, we know right now he's on an American League contract and only on a PTO, but I feel like that's just a formality. This is a guy who's going to be getting himself a two-way deal uh, by the end of camp. I think some of it is numbers related and LTIR and where he best fits in terms of a number. I think it'll probably be close to that league minimum uh, because they need to have as much uh, flexibility as they can. But to me, uh, you know, again, I'm not waiting it overly by these two exhibition games, but I am waiting what, what I've seen for the last several weeks to time and the potential that Svechnikov is showing in terms of what he could be right now to me he is no worse than the 13th forward and I'm going to tell you right now we know Christian Veselainen has the inside track on that third line right wing job alongside Adam Lowry I would not for one second eliminate Svechnikov from potentially working himself into that equation for a couple of very interesting reasons. He's more comfortable playing on the right. He has more experience doing that than Christian Veselainen. And he's just a little bit further along in terms of the scale for me. I think right now, obviously, again, he showed really well with Jansen Harkins. I think those two guys, if you started the season right now with those two guys as wingers with whether it's Riley Nash or David Gustafson on that fourth line, I think the Jets would be thrilled with that. They'd easily be able to find eight, you know, nine to 12 minutes a night or nine to 11 minutes a night for that fourth line. I've really been impressed with Svechnikov throughout this entire camp. And I've said from the last time we were on, I think he's the most intriguing player among those bubble players. And I'll also say this about Chance and Harkins. You love what you've seen from him. He's really skating well. He was hampered by a lower body injury last year that happened on, I think, the first scrimmage of training camp. He was flying around, had a goal and an assist, really starting to look confident. And then he never, you know, and then he missed a few days here and he missed a few days there and never really got rolling uh, uh, during the regular season. So for me, Harkins is a guy who wants to be more than just a you know 12 forward. He wants to be a guy that can show that, like when he had the cameo alongside Blake Wheeler on the second line, this is a guy that has some potential. He has you know some obviously some ability. He's got incredible work ethic, and he's a guy that is kind of you know just can't wait for that opportunity. So now it's up to those guys us to do that against a little bit more NHL level competition. Uh, it's one thing to do it against the uh, big Bakersfield Condors uh, squad that was sent out here the other night. And that, you know, no disrespect to the Oilers who were playing, but it's one thing to do that early, but now, you know, people have kicked off the rust a little bit or shaken it off. Now you're starting to see a little bit different level of competition. So, and I just want to touch on one more player. I, I think Johnny, 
Kovacevic has been a really uh, an impressive player. Again, right from the beginning of the pro training camp, obviously Paul Maurice, he caught his eye in the first game. I thought he uh, showed well again with Logan Stanley the other night. Big mobile guy. And hey, I mean, we know the defense core is a lot deeper than years past. And hey, if you're Johnny Kovacevic and the media is saying you're competing for the ninth or 10th spot, he doesn't have to worry about that. That's for us to discuss, Huss. I loved what I heard from Kovacevic today. He's very articulate. He's a very bright guy. But when I asked him about going up against Drysaddle and McDavid, he's like, bring it on. I want to be an NHL player. I'm not, you know, he said it's an honor to play with those guys. But he's like, once the puck drops, I'm not going to be starstruck going against them. I mean, that's the attitude that you have to have you're respecting your opponent but you're certainly not going to bow down to them you know come on like this is a guy who's trying to make the nhl so and he's made great strides in the american league really mobile he's got some size i love the fact that he openly said i want to be a shutdown player in the national hockey league and that means sometimes going up against these star players so uh, i've been impressed with him so far uh, obviously, you know, we'll get into him a little bit more. But I mean, you know, Billy Hanel is a guy who a lot of people watching going into this camp. Yes, he is in in the competition for the you know let's call it the sixth or seventh job. Uh, tough start against Ottawa for sure, but I thought he settled down as that game wore on. And again, I thought he was much better uh, in the second game in terms. Of, we know his offensive game; he's very gifted. Where there's some defensive deficiencies, sure, but. It, let's not overvalue those things either. Let's see how he does when he's playing against the Oilers and the Canucks, when they get a little bit closer to having full lineups. Uh, I think there's still opportunity for him to be had, but as Paul Maurice pointed out today, Logan Stanley uh, is ahead of him currently, but he also has not played one full NHL season. He played in a truncated season and there's nothing handed to him. He's handed the opportunity to hold on to the job. Uh, and I think that he's done a nice job so far early in camp as well. But uh, it's very interesting, the players on the periphery house for sure. And there's some few guys that I think that can open some further eyes this weekend when they really get going. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that in just a second. I just want to backtrack this fetch for one second mm-hmm. because I, and I remember this vividly. I mean, I, I was on with, with Pat and the guys in Calgary and we were talking about, it was a couple months ago, we were talking about the remaining free agents that were out there and who might be, you know, a fit. And, you know, we're looking at this list. And every single guy is 34, 36, yeah. 37. And then there's Svechnikov, who, you know, was, what, 24 years old, 23 years old? And I just have to wonder, I mean, how how was he available in this situation? I mean, a first-round pick, and for crying out loud, it's not like Detroit is stacked with top-level NHL talent right now. It seemed strange that Steve Eiserman walked from him. Um, he's obviously quite happy to be getting this opportunity here, presumably on a two-year, two-way deal, but... Um, you know, he's looked good here, too. I mean, are we missing something? Like, how is he even available on the market the way he was, considering the dearth of young players that were out there this summer? Yeah, it's interesting, Hassan. I mean, we discussed this a little bit. I mean, I wondered if he was maybe waiting for a one-way from somebody else and then just kind of went back to the memory bank and said, oh, you remember when I talked to those guys in the Jets organization, they had some interest. And sometimes for those guys, it's about fit. Uh, and sometimes you just clash with a coach. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but like you said, I mean, it's not like uh, Detroit has an abundance of snipers on their roster right now when they have been, you know, kind of wallowing the last couple of seasons. Uh, he's not a burner. I mean, he's not known, you know, he's not going to have speed like a Kyle Connor, but he's a guy who gets around the ice pretty well. Uh, Paul Maurice already discussing how he's sort of, you know, been able to, you know, consume and absorb the systems play uh, today. They had him on his left wing. Like we said, he's, he's more comfortable playing his offside, but today with Jansen Harkins and Christian Veselin, and he spent the majority of reps on the left wing. So he's shown trying to show a little bit of versatility. Um, 
I mean, sometimes too, I mean, just, it doesn't fit with a coach or maybe it doesn't mesh with certain teammates. Maybe, uh, you know, he also had some injury issues. Huss is what we know. And that, that sort of derailed him at certain points. And that has sort of prevented him from uh, taking his offensive game. We know he was a you know dynamic and prolific junior player and playing on a line with Pierre-Luc Dubois with Cape Breton. So that hasn't translated totally to the pro level. He did put up some decent numbers in the American league with the Grand Rapids Griffins. But uh, this is a player where there's a little bit higher ceiling there. Can he reach that ceiling? I mean, that's the biggest thing for him, but I love how he approached it. I loved his personality showing at the podium the other day after the game. He knows he's in a competition. I mean, there's nothing guaranteed for him. He's on an American League deal, no matter what might be in the drawer. Uh, right now, he's on an American League contract and on a PTO. And if he wants to carve out a role, he's going to have to have, you know, three or four more solid games, which I think he's very capable of having. And then it's about sustaining it over the long, long term. But um, sometimes those first rounders, Huss, they can be jaded, uh, really disappointed with how the situations don't work. But to me, he's just sort of shown this refreshing attitude. Like the guy couldn't be happier. You know, he's cracking jokes about Mikhail Burden and uh, every day in practice, they're having a great time. You know, you know, he was incredible. He got in his grill the other day when, and then, you know, goes into the game and, and cracks a joke. You know, I get, you know, I'm working on deflections, all practice. Guess what? Carried it into the game. I mean, uh, I've liked everything that I've heard from him. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit, you know, digging around, maybe some people who played with him in Grand Rapids and people have been around him. But uh, to me, it seems like he's got a great attitude. He's, uh, you know, he's got obviously a very high skill set. And, you know, Sean basically was saying this is like found money, right? If you can find a, a player in the free agent bin that can potentially, you know, whether he plays in the third Absolutely. line or gets on the power play or is a fourth line player or a 13th forward, this is basically found money. We know it's not, you know, a surprise that a first round pick gets another chance with somebody, but this is a guy who looks really like he's in a great place mentally and looks like he really feels like he knows what is required of him in order to a become a regular and B take his game to that level where he believes it can be. Okay. Ken, uh, it was very interesting groups today. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. pretty much writing on the wall that, you know, you've got essentially the top three lines, the top three defense pairings, and the two goaltenders in one group, and everybody else in the other group. The one thing that switched up from the game on Wednesday and from camp so far was Veselainen along with Lowry and Stastny. Uh, Before we get to the other group, what did you make of that move and the fact that Riley Nash was was in the the main veteran group, if you will, um, playing on that third line in a spot that Veselainen had really been in since camp began? Yeah, I don't think it's as much of a demotion as many thought of it as at first glance, I would say. We know that Riley Nash is a guy that can play center or play right wing. And this by no means is to suggest Riley Nash will be on the third line in game one of the regular season. Uh, Palmer is saying that because the young players will be taxed this weekend and many of them will be playing in both games, he felt giving the extra line to that group would allow them to just have a better day at practice. So things could be... Uh, what I'm trying to tell you is they're probably going to be different in the morning when they get down to the game group action. Palmer said the other night, he's going to have Nash on the fourth line centering uh, whoever is there. So, but what it does tell us, us, I mean, we're always trying to read the tea leaves, right? So uh, what it does tell us is that Riley Nash, you know, we said there have been eight forwards that are in pen. Uh, Riley Nash is the ninth forward in pen. And I think anyone who you know knows how the jets run uh, Nash was going to be on the team. It just was a matter of whether he was, you know, third line, right winger, fourth, line center fourth line right winger or the 13th forward so uh, I think that's not a surprise that he was with that main group but 
I also don't see this as an indictment on Christian Veselainen. Having said that, I think that Veselainen needs to be better. I, we've been talking about the same things about Veselainen um, from the very beginning. And whether it was last year or the year after, you know, last year took a great step forward. And now he needs to take that next step, which is to add that offensive element and those layers into his game to, you know, we know he has the great shot, but now he needs to show it in game action. You know, there have even been times during the training camp where he's needed to do that a little bit better. So uh, by no means is he out of the competition. And I think he's still the front runner in that competition. But uh, even though Paul Maurice uh, poured cold water on the theory when Sean Reynolds brought it up, uh, I do think that uh, there was a little bit of a message being sent that, hey there, um, don't get, I mean, it's so funny, Huss, right? You, you want the player to be comfortable, but you, you can't be too comfortable because <laughs> yeah. there's still another level that you have to reach. I mean, that is the beauty of this scenario, right? Yes, we have faith in you, but hey, you need to do a little bit more. You know, I'm not yelling at you and I'm not saying you need to elevate and do this and do that and the next thing. But you do need to little bit, do a little bit more. But I think it has more to do with, uh, you know, they're going to be very young on the weekends. And I mean, same with Veselainen. Can you do it with, you know, more inexperienced players rather than with the two veterans? But uh, I do think he is still the front runner for that job. But I mean, you mentioned Harkins before. Harkins could be in that mix still. And I think Svechikov could eventually work himself into that mix. And, and, and by no means am I saying Veselainen is not going to win the job. But he has competition for the job that maybe we didn't know that he necessarily had before. And how is that line going to be used? That is the thing about Riley Nash we have to consider, Huss. Because of the way that Paul Maurice has liked to use the Lowry line in those head-to-head matchups, can Veselainen handle the 14 minutes against the Connor McDavid? If not, then you go to the guy with the more defensive tilt to his game in Riley Nash. Uh, but what we know about Veselainen is if he can get that shot rolling and you're playing with guys, you know, really smart, smart player like Paul Stastny and a very, you know, solid player like Adam Lowry brings the physical game and can get get you the puck and you know, win the puck battles and also find him in spots where you can get into shooting areas. Veselainen has that trigger man element that O'Reilly Nash doesn't necessarily have in terms of the offensive slant to the game. So it's super interesting on a lot of on a lot of levels, but uh, Maurice was quick to say that. I mean, hey, once these two weekend games are completed, Huss, and the cuts come, and we've got the trimming of the roster, now we're going to really start drilling into what those lines are going to look like. And hey, I'll be the first to admit, I was trying to do a little bit of fishing uh, expedition work earlier in the week when I asked Paul Maurice how Mark Shifley not being available for game one will impact some of those decisions, us. And we know from covering Paul Maurice since 2014, he doesn't like to have disruption on three or four different lines. So yeah, sure. You and I can sit here and say, hey, well, no problem. Just put Paul Stastny in that role on the first line when Shifley's out. Well, that's true, but now that impacts two different lines. So what about Perfetti? What about like, let's just talk about that for a minute. Game one of the season. Let's assume that Perfetti uh, probably is going to be playing the majority of the year, at least to begin with the Manitoba Moose. Yeah. However, game one, there's no Mark Shifley. I, you know, we've talked before. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to have Cole Perfetti playing limited minutes on the fourth line. It doesn't make any sense to him, for him to be in the press box. If there's a better option, there certainly is that uh, that option. Hey, Mark Alt, thanks very much for the super chat. Everybody loves the visits from uh, from Ken Weeb. Um, but, you know, might Cole Perfetti get an opportunity at least for a one-game stopgap with Mark Shifley? He certainly does have the offensive set that, 
um, the talent that, you know, you would want in a top six player, whether he's ready for an 82 game season, that remains to be seen. But could he play in that one game? How do you think that shakes out? Super interesting, Hassan. I mean, it's a scenario that I have definitely played through in my head, and I kind of mentioned maybe the possibility in one of my articles after the opener. I I do think it's worth consideration, Huss, but I, I think it's too early to go to that place. Uh, a lot will determine how Perfetti plays now on these weekend games. I think he's going to get it. Probably he's getting into both, I would imagine. And then, too, how would he play in those last two games against the veteran-laden lineup? I do think it is under consideration. Uh, I think I think I use the word Kevin Sheveldayoff left a little bit of a trail of breadcrumbs when Perfetti was brought up early in training camp when when you know the whole line of you know how great it is for him to be able to have the AHL as an option rather than you know junior or bust you know or sorry either being in the NHL or back to junior and Kevin Sheveldayoff kind of said hey he's not in the AHL yet um, was that was that a carrot was that a you know. <laughs> This is the beauty of sports again. Uh, I do think that it is an option that the Jets will consider. At the same time, you know, do you want to put Cole Perfetti in a situation where you're kind of leaning on him for 18 to 20 minutes in that first game? I'm not sure. But I do think there is a possibility where you could consider that, Huss. I'm sure it's on one of the, you know, on one of the A, B or C boards that is in the coach's office. But by no means am I here saying that or, or is Paul Maurice going to even if he's considering that he's definitely not putting that out there because again I think he that puts more pressure on a Cole Perfetti thinking oh man hey if I play great in these next four games maybe I can be in that job for at least one game but I do think it's something that the Jets are considering us and I do think it is something that uh, makes some sense on a lot of levels but when you looked at today's uh, today's roster and you know the shaking up of things a little bit when it came to that younger group, uh, Perfetti has had mostly American Hockey League line mates during this training camp, with the exception of the other night when they did play together uh, with Svechnikov and Harkins. So to me, I think Perfetti will have to have an unreal finish to the preseason in order for for him to steal that job in that slot, but. It is definitely probably something they will consider. But uh, again, a lot of things have to happen. Like Svechkov still needs to be signed, which I think he will be. Uh, there's some LTR, uh, you know, salary cap gymnastics that have to take place. Uh, and I, I haven't crunched those numbers with, you know, how Perfetti would slot in with all the, you know, I, that doesn't, you know, that won't impact his bonuses in those things. But there are other considerations. But I, I do think it's worth considering. And there are two. It's under, sort of one of those things where you have to be, it's a delicate situation. I do think it's under consideration, but. Uh, what's the value to, you know, how does Perfetti respond? Well, is this only one game tryout? You know, is this a, hey, this is your carrot, you know, go down to the American League and dominate. Uh, all those things are factors that are in play. But because of his hockey intelligence, I mean, we've talked about this about Perfetti since the moment he was drafted. But if you look at the first two games, that hockey intelligence is on full display. Now that needs to be on full display against better competition i think that a player like perfetti is smart that he can elevate his game when he's playing against a stiffer competition but let's also not forget what it is like to go up against now you're not going up against uh you know the third pairing you're on that line you are facing the top defenseman on the other team all the time and hey yes anaheim is a rebuilding team but you're still going up against you know the best defense pairing and the best checking line so i mean that's asking a lot of a young player who's 19 years old 
but Perfetti so far has been up to the challenge. And I am absolutely looking forward to seeing how he plays in this next stretch of games, because if he plays that well through the weekend, now next week, Huss, I know it's always our job to look into the future. If he has a great weekend, absolutely we are talking about this as more of a legitimate possibility. It's already, I would say right now, it's on the periphery of the radar. Like he could be squarely in the radar if he has a great weekend. Well, and speaking of the weekend, let's get to that. I mean, you were there today. I mean, you heard from Paul Marisa. Fill us in on what the coach had for us as far as what the lineup's going to be like. I mean, I know Hellebuck's not playing these two games. Does he even go? Who's going to be left behind? What do we know about Winnipeg Jets that will be playing and making the trip out to Edmonton and Vancouver this weekend and how the lineup might look? Yeah, pretty youthful. For me, Huss, I'm expecting uh, Mikhail Burden and Eric Comrie to each get a start this weekend. Um, I mean, I don't know how that will be broken down. And, you know, speaking of confidence so from the very beginning of our, of our chat, you know, Mikhail Burden showing some confidence uh, as well today and saying he he wants to be in the NHL now. And you want him to say that. That's the beauty of it. But uh, Paul Maurice definitely making it, uh, you know, consideration that he is definitely still in the mix, but they want to get him a lot of games. So guess what? Guess, you know, where he's not going to be getting a lot of games with the <laughs> on a team Jets. with Connor Hellebuck. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're playing behind Connor Hellebuck, I got news for you. You're not playing a lot of games. And given his age, uh, Burden is most likely ticketed to be the starter with the Manitoba Moose, which we all expect. Can he play himself into the discussion a little bit deeper with a strong game against whether it's against Edmonton or Vancouver? Well, of course he can, but, uh, you know, it's Eric Comrie until otherwise noted Huss. And even one game out of the gate will not change anyone's opinion of that. Uh, yes, of course, I know it's natural tendency for folks to get riled up. Yes, the Jets were leading. And, you know, yes, they lost the game to the Ottawa Senators who were not dressing a full lineup. Um, but let's not overreact. Like, Eric Comrie played five games last year. His leash is longer than 62 minutes again or 61 minutes against the Ottawa Senators in the first game. Uh, let's see how he let's see how he goes in the next start. Um, I've liked everything that I've heard from Comrie, but of course he's going to have to deliver results and he knows that better than anyone. He made that abundantly clear that he knows where he stands. He knows he's not assured a job, but he also can't be you know, consumed by that thinking. I have to play great here. I have to play great. Just go out and play the way that you can. And if he does that, Everything will be fine for Eric Comrie. And then we're going to find out if he's ready or not. I mean, we know he's going to be as prepared as possible. That is something you never have to be concerned with with Eric Comrie. Uh, and let's let's just see how the next uh, the next this weekend. It's a big weekend for the for those goalies. Huss, is yeah, how I would describe it. Definitely. Now, the rest I'm, of it is going to be youthful. I don't know. Yeah, how many let, let me are just going. ask you this specific. We talked a lot about Harkins. Interesting. I'm just looking yeah. at the line combos that you posted earlier. Harkins is in the middle right now with mm-hmm. the, with Sveshnikov and Veselainen. Is that sort of how that worked? And you know, and based on what we've seen right now with Gus playing in, uh, well, he was with Pugnansky and Essimont on uh, on on yeah. Wednesday. I was with Essimont and Johnson today. It, it, if you had to rank it right now based on what we're seeing is Gus on the outside looking in right now for a spot in the top 12 whether or not he's actually on the roster another story but many of us thought that he might be the starting fourth line center for the Winnipeg Jets Um, what have we taken from that and those notes if you're watching on YouTube we've got it up there with Ken's tweet earlier today from uh, what the lines looked like yeah, it's super interesting, Huston. You know, count me. I mean, you know, I'm one of the people that have been advocating for David Gustin being ready. And you know, he said he was open to maybe playing on the wing. I'm of I'm of two schools of thought here. Yes, I do agree. He has spent most of his time also with American Hockey League, you know, line mates for the majority of the time. And that you know, some folks may look at that and say that may not bode well for him. 
How I would also counter that, Huss, is that Paul Maurice isn't as worried about finding out about those other guys. He knows what David Gustafson can bring to the table. You know, he had him in the NHL for 22 games as a 19-year-old rookie. So I think the other part about Gustafson, Huss, is that because of his, you know, you don't have to worry about him defensively, obviously. He makes the players around him better. So maybe having Gustafson with some of those AHL guys or potential future call-ups is Paul Maurice's way of trying to get the most out of those players he's starting to learn about. So I wouldn't overreact and say Gustafson has no chance of making this team by any stretch of the imagination. But... You know, we'd always talk about, oh, think, don't, don't put too much stock into the first two games. Now, after this weekend, we're like, now we're on the old time is running out factory. So <laughs> it, it, it's very interesting on that front as well. Um, I think he's definitely still very much in the mix. I, I asked Paul Maurice if he planned to use Harkins in the middle. He said maybe he wouldn't commit. I mean, maybe Hark, you know, Veselainen moves back on that third line. Nash goes to the middle or maybe Nash stays where he is. And then maybe it's Gustafson in the middle on that line as well. So um, there weren't a lot of uh, hints being offered in terms of the what the roster will look like or what the lines will look like. But we know the Jets have to dress basically eight veteran players. So that means it won't all be kids. And that, you know, that group A that I mentioned that had the four lines on it, I don't think it's as easy as saying that's the roster. It won't be the roster. But the majority of those players uh, will be made up of players from that earlier group. So, you know, I'm very I'm as curious as you are to see what those line combos look like in the morning. That'll give us a way better indication of who will be playing at, yeah, at least on Saturday night. One other guy that we haven't mentioned that I kind of thought we'd maybe be talking about more or at least be in that position is Dominic Toninato. Um, you yeah. know, resigned, of course. You know, he came into the lineup. I mean, I joked that no, there wasn't a Jets fan after game 54 that could have picked the guy out of a police lineup. And there he was, you know, making a real impact in game number one and jumping a few guys like Jansen Harkins to get in the lineup. Um, it, it, would he be sort of in a gust situation, like in the mix for a spot? But as of right now, if you had to read the writing on the wall, maybe not in that top 12. Yeah, it's interesting there too, Huss, obviously, uh, as you mentioned. I mean, Tony Otto's season was very limited as well because of the early COVID scare and situation there. So I, I don't have a great feel for it. I, I think right now today, if, if the lineup's being made, Dominic Tony Otto is the 13th forward. Uh, you have an experienced player. Uh, you know what you're going to get out of him. Can he? Could he work his way into a fourth line role? Of course, yes. I mean, geez, at one point he played on Lowry's line in the playoffs, right? So, but right, yeah, I agree with you. So, far, you know, there have been interesting the Perfetti and Toninato have played together at various points in camp too, and those two guys were on a line when Toninato went down to the Moose before he came back up and played with the Jets, and they had some chemistry, and both of them had a great weekend offensively. I think it was on the weekend where Comrie became the all-time uh, franchise leader for victories at the American League level with the Manitoba Moose. So. Uh, still in the mix, Huss, but uh, I don't see Toninato in the mix for the third line job. Uh, right now, he would be more in the 12th or 13th forward battle. Uh, and certainly, he's one of those guys that's been written in pencil so far. But, you know, big weekend for him when he gets in. But uh, I think, again, it's a matter of him. Paul Maurice being comfortable knowing what kind of player he is. He had a little bit of a longer track record before he arrived with the Jets and signed as a free agent last year. And you know, anytime you sign someone that you had only limited viewings of, uh, you know that the organization likes that player and not just, you know, it obviously helped that he got that game one uh, redirection GWG. But uh, I think they like a lot of things about him. He's a penalty killer and he's a guy that, uh, you know, has some, you know, at the American League level, he's a very productive player. I had a chance to watch him a couple of years ago uh, 
when he was well, with and with Perfetti, I mean, like yeah. at the end, I mean, I think that was a big part of it as well. I mean, he, mm-hmm. w- both of those players, it was kind of Cole's upright, getting comfortable and really showing what he can do at that level. But Tom Nanato was a big part of that as well towards the tail end of the season, which I think led to his opportunity up with the big club at the end of the regular season. Yeah, and I think that's it's super interesting to see where these guys are going to slot in. I mean, you get the early you get the early rankings, and then you get the middle rankings, and then you know by next weekend we're going to have a lot better idea of where things are going. But uh, I, I would be surprised if Tononato is not the thirteenth forward. But if it's not, it, again, it won't be an indictment of his play. It will be because they have him in mind as a very good player for a for a Cole Perfetti to continue to learn the pro game with i think that's that's one of those things where and because you have that kind of built-in chemistry like we've often talked about with gustafson and Veselin, and they have that baked in chemistry as well from their time together so uh there's always a plan there's a, always a reason behind the decisions even though sometimes those decisions aren't uh, universally uh you know a- approved by the uh by the by the fan base uh, Ken, this has been so much fun. I got two questions for you, non-Jets yes. questions that we have to get to. First off, how are you feeling about the Blue Jays heading into this final weekend? Tough loss last night. And of all people, Robbie Ray getting roughed up big time with the long ball. They've got the Orioles. The Red Sox have the Washington Nationals, who are Orioles-like. And the Mariners, who are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, have the Anaheim Angels who will not be starting Shohei Otani on the weekend. Uh, where where should the level of optimism be for Blue Jays fans going into the final three games of the regular season, hoping to at least get a piece of a tiebreaker game on Monday? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I had the game on during on Wednesday as well on my uh, on my phone during the Jets uh, preseason tilt as well. But uh, optimism level, I think, will be. Um, moderate for most uh, for <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's still a chance of course i mean it said going into the week that jays probably needed to be four and two at worst so that means they need to sweep here so obviously two of three was not how they drew it up and uh robbie ray losing his command was not something that you would have had on the bingo card as a as a as a mm-hmm. high ranking bet from the good folks at cool bet um especially those two strike home runs that he gave up that's just you know not vintage robbie ray but it's it just a good and look at what happened to Cole and Ray down the stretch, right? I mean, Ray has still been great down the stretch. Cole has been roughed up several times, but it just goes to show you the toll that it takes on a even an elite pitcher that when you run into an offensive juggernaut late in the year, um, you can get to O two or one and two, and it's just so hard to put those guys away. Uh, I still do think there's a chance. I, I there is a chance of this Hus. There is a chance of the play in for the wild card for the Jays. I don't see a scenario where the Jays find themselves in the wild card after Sunday's action. Um, they're going to need. It's so funny. Kevin Kiermeyer is despised currently by Jays fans for what happened uh, with the old uh, the card incident. But there are going to be a lot of Jays fans rooting for Kevin Kiermeyer, and also a section of Jays fans that are hoping the ghosts of the Montreal Expos can do some damage uh, against the Boston Red Sox here. And man, the, the Seattle Mariners are an unreal story, Hus. I mean, I was a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan I, as a as a youngster, a teenager. Um, man, they haven't been in the playoffs forever, right? They haven't been in the playoffs forever, it seems like, and they suddenly stayed under the radar. You had they were similar to the St. Louis Blues house where they were close. They trade their closer. Everyone is up in arms. They find a way to get the job done. 
uh, I will call a Jays sweep, but I don't know that it's enough. Sorry, I was rambling a little bit there. Uh, and awesome to see Bo Bichette bounce back. Oh, but the that bomb was, I mean, the game that he had on Wednesday night. I mean, outstanding. that is a pre- pretty exciting. Anyways, it'll be a wild weekend for the Blue Jays. Final question, and you knew we had to get to this. <laughs> Sunday night, Brady's return to New England. Belichick, Brady, they don't seem to be that warm and fuzzy right now that Tom's left. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, I said, I, I really do believe, like, when it comes to regular season games in NFL history, this one beyond anything else, where they'll make the playoffs, all that stuff, those things happen. You don't have a 20-year Hall of Famer, the most successful coach and successful quarterback of all time, going head-to-head afterwards. Um, the ratings for this is going to be through the roof, but uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the return of Tom to Foxborough Sunday night? Yeah, you got two folks that uh, have very different approaches, but uh, you know, finding out this week that Belichick uh, gave the thumbs down to Brady's in-person request for the formal goodbye, I think uh, that will be something that is a huge storyline on the weekend. You know, I think that was Seth Wickersham's book there that just came out. But uh, I'm expecting a uh, a very motivated Brady. We know that Belichick is a great coach, and we know that he. I would say this: I think Brady's going to be outstanding on Sunday. But I think I don't see a scenario where Gronkowski, like, you know, you would love Brady and Gronk would love to have, a, you know, two or three touchdown kind of day. I think the Patriots will be taking away Gronkowski. Uh, that will be their their plan, you know, just like in the Super Bowl years, take away one of those big weapons. I don't see a scenario where Belichick would allow Brady and Gronk to beat them on Sunday. But I do expect that Brady will uh, have a, you know, whether it's a 300-yard passing day or whatever, I do think that the uh, Bucks are going to uh, lay a beating on the Patriots. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not saying that it pains me to say that. I, I just expect that. Uh, I think that Bruce Arians is fired up for the matchup with with uh, you know the man who wears so the hoodie. So is Bill. So no, is I know Bill. That Bill, Bill will be motivated. This is, but Bill will also say it's no big deal. So, uh, <laughs> just in terms of expectations, I mean, you're looking at you know Mac Jones is. Uh, I think he had one steady game against the Jets, but you know they—it's sort of like the reverse Patriots right now. Whereas in the in the past years, it was always Belichick devising this crazy plan to really limit those young up-and-coming quarterbacks. Right now, the Bucks defense sort of sees an opportunity to feast on Mac Jones. But I mean, I agree with you. I think the the, the Patriots defense will be as prepared as they can be. I just don't think that will be enough against uh, number 12 on Sunday. I really I really see him having a big day. And you know what? The funniest thing that could happen would be that we're anticipating all these computer-like numbers for Brady and Tampa ends up going like crazy with Leonard Fournette or something. like that. To me, this is probably what's going to happen. It'll probably won't be a 300-yard passing day for Brady. Uh, they'll have something crazy in the screen game or like Fournette will run wild for like 140 or something ridiculous. Uh, I can't wait. This entire weekend is going to be unreal. Bombers-Lions tonight, a couple Jets exhibition games. Jays basically playing playoff games. And, of course, a huge NFL Sunday finishing up with a great Monday nighter. But all eyes on Foxborough and the return. Quick one for you. How are are you feeling about your your boys? I know that uh, Mike Wilbon, he's been hitting it pretty heavily with the dynasty of one this week. Uh, What what are you feeling about that right now? 
Well, uh, better it happened in the first three weeks of the season than a little bit later on. I think it's a bit of a wake-up call. I think the Chiefs' defense has some serious issues right now, but it's not like they've been a defensive juggernaut over the course of the Mahomes era, and they've won their fair share of football games. I mean, I think they get back on it and probably thump the Eagles this weekend, although they never covered the spread, so maybe that's a six-point win as opposed (laughs) to winning by more than seven. Um, But listen, a couple of uncharacteristic mistakes by Mahomes. Um, you know, they turned the football over, I think, four times in the game. And again, I didn't see it. I was at the Ryder Cup, so I was sort of following it on my phone as we were watching everything go, go down. And I mean, arguably, you could say the game that they probably deserved to win the least was the first game of the season against Cleveland. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, some Mahomes magic in the fourth quarter, but I thought Cleveland played really well in that game. And uh, listen, the game two of the season, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire puts it on the carpet, and that basically was the game. Um, other than that, I mean, you're going in and probably kicking a field goal and winning. So uh, certainly not panic time. But the AFC West is a uh, it's a juggernaut division right now. I mean, the Broncos and Raiders. Uh, now, the Broncos have played a JV schedule so far. They've got wins over the Jags, Jets and Giants. So let's uh, hold off uh, to quote Danny Green, Pump crowning the their ass anytime <laughs> soon. Um, but the Raiders have had some big games. I do think that there's a, maybe a market correction for the Raiders this week. I love the Chargers at home in the Monday nighter. Uh, but the Chiefs got to win some football games. And certainly they've got a big one against the Eagles. Then they come back hosting the Bills on Sunday night football next year. So uh, you got that first place schedule, back-to-back AFC champions. They're the team that everyone is getting up to play. And uh, it will be interesting to see where things go from here. Hey, before we go, what do you got cooking up on the, the weekend? And uh, I know people are wondering, uh, when do you and Rennie get together for uh, for another K&R? Yeah, we're not trying to keep people in suspense uh, on purpose here. We just there've been a lot of scheduling issues. Uh, we're trying to figure out. You know, Sean will be uh, got good news that he will be heading down to Anaheim for that season opener. So we're just sort of trying to see where the travel windows will allow, uh, where we're going to fit things nice. in. We're, def- we're definitely going to have a uh, a season preview show, and then we'll try to get back into the routine. But probably, uh, you know, probably be another week before we get uh, fully into it. But we're we're we've had we've been having some team uh, team meetings and uh, fired up about the new season. And we know a lot of people have been asking, and uh, can't wait to get her going. And uh, we appreciate you continuing to. Uh, promote that where you can and i am just so fired up i know we were texting last weekend i mean so great that you got to see that atmosphere at whistling straights i mean man just that just i wish that i had been standing beside you let's let's just put it at that we we, we've been at some events together yes we have enjoyable (laughs) uh i look forward to the time that we can do something like that again that's well i can tell you what you you know what will happen i mean does those team events of golf are so special and the Ryder cup you know probably a little bit more prestigious if you will than the president's cup but um i can tell you what i will be in montreal in 2024 for the president's cup and it's going to be an incredible event and uh who knows maybe we can uh Head out to Italy for in a couple of years for the Ryder Cup. I've never been to Europe. Would be you know if I ever go, it'll be for some sort of a sporting event. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, amazing experience. And then the cherry on top was going to Stadium View just outside Lambeau Field yeah. on Sunday night and watching that crazy Packer game uh, with the walk off field goal after a little Aaron Rodgers magic with no timeouts with thirty seconds, thirty two seconds left on the on the clock. Uh, hell, that was a great sports weekend. I think we got another one coming up, Kenny. Thanks so much for doing this. All Always appreciate you, and uh, certainly so does everybody here in the chat. Have a great weekend, my friend.
You too, my man. Always uh, great to chop it up and uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon, my man. You got it. There he is, Ken Weeb at Weeb's World. Uh, you can read his work at sportsnet.ca. And of course, most of you are already subscribing over to the Kenny and Rennie channel. Make sure you do that. The boys will be getting it back uh, before the regular season starts. And then I'm sure on a more regular basis, weekly throughout the NHL regular season. All right. We've got uh, a bunch of things to do. First off, I want to thank Canadian Club for their sponsorship of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, they're a great sponsor of the Bombers. They are the official whiskey of the Blue Bombers. And uh, in addition to maybe spicing the weekend up with the delicious CC and ginger or CC and Coke, might go well with that Bomber game tonight. You can also get it at IG Field for every Bomber game. Bombers back at it against Edmonton a week from tonight at home. Very much looking forward to that. I think they're going to get together with the Canadian Club folks at the game. Uh, But... We've also teamed up with CC. They've been such great sponsors so far. We've had the I Love Rye packages with some of the great product that they're putting forth, which, of course, you can pick up at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And we have also, as you can see on the stream, put together some limited edition co-branded Canadian Club and WST merchandise. So we've got a very limited amount of these. We're going to save the hoodie for the next home game, which will be a week today. But we do have one of the Winnipeg Sports Talk CC t-shirts that we're going to give away as part of a I Love Rye package, which will also include some products. So let's get Remus back in here and we'll kind of tee this up. Then we'll get to the cool bet lines for the weekend and then we'll do a big marble race to finish it up. Uh, But Remo... Uh, I'm just going to quickly run out and grab the rest of the prizing, uh, but let people know, A, how they can get in. We can kind of open it right now. We'll give 10 minutes or so for people to pop in, make sure they're in for the marble race, and then we'll fire it up at the end of the program. But we don't just have the great merchandise and the package that I'm going to get. We've got second and third prizes as well for people in Winnipeg that can make it to the Ice Home opener tomorrow night against the Brandon Wheat Kings. Fill them in while I go grab this stuff. Yeah, no problem. So first of all, if you're not following us on Instagram, what are you doing? It's in the description. Sports Talk WPG. Also, hit the like on this video. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a huge help. And if you're watching this on the replay or you're here now and you want to come back to it, leave a comment in the video saying, hey, uh, you know, who surprised me from the Jets training camp or the Jets uh, preseason so far or who stood out? Anyways, back to this. We are going to launch this contest. Um, here, I'm going to mute Hustler's mic. We're going to launch the, launch the contest. I'm going to put a command. Everyone's doing exclamation mark marbles. I had it as something else. But everyone is going to type that in. It'll give me a list of names. And then I can organize, like, uh, put everyone in the race. And I know there's people on the podcast who are listening and are like, hey, you forgot about us. We listen on the podcast, too. Uh, we, we, you know, we have jobs or whatever. We're not able to come into the live stream. We haven't forgot about you. I would say follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on, on Facebook. We will do ones. We will do ones that, um, sorry, contests where you guys can get in, like kind of pre-register for the marbles. We have a launch. It. I see people writing exclamation mark marbles everyone's everyone's doing it so i will make exclamation mark marbles the thing i have to initiate the contest one second i'll fire it up um (laughs) i was gonna do exclamation mark play but everyone wants exclamation mark marbles so let me just switch it yeah okay that sounds good they they love the marbles they love the marbles on wst and while remo does that so we've got three prizes second and third place ice tickets 
for the home opener Saturday night. And then our winner today, uh, a very special I Love Rye package, which will include our first ever co-branded t-shirt that we'll be giving away alongside this. And I think I told you about this before. This is the Doc 57, the Blackberry Whiskey made by Canadian Club, which from what I understand is literally on planet Earth, only available in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. They sell a ton of it here. It's not available anywhere else. Uh, and I know, I think it was Thomas J. Horn, or maybe it was Jason Jett last time that, you know, I let people know about it, and he went straight out and picked up one. Um, and Jet Oil Tom, by the way, if you're there, uh, I'll hit you up afterwards, but I've got your prize so we can get you that on the weekend as well. So, and I love Rye Package, including the special Doc 57 Blackberry Whiskey from Canadian Club and our first Winnipeg Sports Talk CC t-shirt to give away. And next week for our giveaway going into the Bomber home game on Friday night, we will do our first hoodie. Again, very limited amounts of both, um, but just fantastic prizes from Canadian Club. And we'll throw in some of those Bomber socks with the grand prize as well. So it should be good. All right, everyone. So the contest is open. I know you may have written marbles before, but do it again. So you make sure you get in. We'll give you about 10 minutes or so to do this. So everyone that's here, and again, uh, you know, like Wayne out in Norway, it's going to be tough for you to pick up the uh, the hooch and the t-shirt uh, or go to the game. Uh, but if you are in Winnipeg, uh, it'll be pick up in Winnipeg for the prizes, for the e- for the tickets. We'll be able to email them to you and you'll be able to get into what should be a great game. Of course, Wheaties and um, ice start off tonight in Brandon and then here for the second of a back-to-back four big points on the line as this battle of Manitoba gets going. Hey, just before we get to the cool bet lines as well, I uh, do want to give a, uh, uh, you know, I just is such a tragic story about the uh, loss of Scott Neljox from the, uh, from the Manitoba Bisons. Um, you know, a, a, a sudden, you know, I read Paul Friesen's story, a very nice story today, uh, dealing uh, with cancer, um, suddenly lost the battle on the weekend and it has just absolutely devastated the football community here in Winnipeg, especially over at the U of M. And uh, he has two younger brothers that are on the team, uh, one of which is injured. One of them will be playing. They both practiced that day. Um, you read the story. I retweeted it out from Paul Friesen, but um, uh, just heavy hearts for everybody in the football community and the Bison family on the loss of Scott earlier this week. Um, all right, I do want to get to the cool bet lines while everyone fires in exclamation mark marbles into the chat to line it up and then we'll finish up the uh, the marble race quickly let's get to the cfl first things first uh we had mentioned that the bombers had dropped down to one point favorites it's now one and a half the money line at the beginning of the show was minus 118 it's now minus 122 maybe it's the winnipeg sports talk listeners that have moved that uh, so Bomber's a very slight favorite after opening at three and a half at Cool Bet, and I believe five and a half over at Bet Regal. Uh, Alouette's Tie Cats, Tie Cat. That game's tomorrow at three p.m. Tie Cats minus two and a half, and apparently Masoli's going to be starting. Remo, did I read that correctly? Yeah, I just found out. So a couple, um, you know, if you're setting fantasy lineups, so you're playing Masoli's back, Braylon Addison's back. He's on the injured list to start the season. Um, for Calgary, Kamar Jordan is not playing. Their offense uh, not not looking so hot. So um, Hamilton's you know slight favorite, and it's all, but Masoli. I mean, to start the season, 
wasn't the guy that he was before. Neither was Brandon Banks. So I'm interested to see how Hamilton is going. Uh, I'd maybe lean on the over in uh, in this game if Masoli's back. Because I believe that's what it was uh, without him and Wofford. So that would be be my pick. I'm surprised that this Bombers-Lions total is so high. Especially with Bombers having yeah, it, questionable it op- kicking. It and- opened at 53. I saw it go to 52. And now it's at 52 and a half. So that is. Although Ali Mortada, I think he has a bounce back game tonight. I, I think that this will be... You know, no better spot than BC inside the dome to uh, write things out. And his, he was kicking it straight. It was just like a bit of an alignment thing. So uh, I'm going to give him another chance and see what happens. Oh, by the way, speaking of those fantasy lineups, I'm just checking right now. Oh, great. Okay, the CFL contest is full, 40 out of 40. There are yet, there are five, five spots left in the NFL contest. We've got 45 out of 50. Um, so if you haven't already, go to the Winnipeg Sports Talk League on DraftKings. Uh, make sure you reserve your spot. That's going to fill very quickly. If you're not in already, uh, we need five more people. That'll fill soon. So uh, get on over. If you haven't played with us before, a heck of a lot of fun. And good luck to everyone else that is uh, with us weekly in the contest. All right. So we mentioned, oh, Calgary and uh, Saskatchewan. Calgary, a two and a half point road, uh, sorry, home underdog. And plus 120 to win the game. I'll be honest. I'm on Calgary on this. I know everyone else is picking Saskatchewan. I just can't wrap my head around Calgary being two and six and basically done eight games into the season. This is their season right now, essentially a playoff game. As John Hodge mentioned, they got their next three games against Calgary. Got to win two of them, and it's got to start with this one at home. Um, I think Bo Levi Mitchell steps up. I think this will be a good game, but I do like the value on Calgary as a home underdog. Now let's get to the National Football League. Couple real interesting lines. The Bills now 17 point favorites over the Houston Texans. And to be honest, I think they still cover that number. Uh, Dusty and Chris, uh, Chris Abbott from Cool Bet and I just finished the lock shop before we started Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're, uh, if you love talking about sports betting and some of the lines, we're all over week three in the National Football League with the Friday episode. Uh, so wherever you get your podcast, just pop in the lock shop, give us a sub there. <clears throat> We'll be putting out new episodes Tuesdays and Fridays throughout the season. Excuse me there, folks. Just had a little cough. Um, but we went through all of it, did our best bets, our picks. So far, so good. Dusty 6-3 and three on the season against the spread. I'm 7-2, and two, which include a crushing loss of the Raiders, blowing it, that four-point lead. They were up by Eight in the final minutes, and of course Jacoby Brissett went down and did it. So one and two last week. Started off six and zero. Oh, I'm seven and two. It's been a great week. Uh, been a great start for us so far, and hopefully we'll keep it rolling. But we need our circuit picks to be better. And it was a real fun show. Check that out. Uh, and of course you can go to Nielsen TSN 1260 for the video feed of that. He uh, tweeted it out, and there'll be some more clips. Uh, we got the WFT Washington Football Team now two point favorites on the road against Atlanta. Some other interesting games. I actually like the Lions plus three. I could see them losing this game, but I think they deserve a win. Um, you know, the, the the Tucker kick last Sunday was that of legend. Um, he's probably, I would say, the greatest kicker in the history of the game and probably appropriate that he's got that 68-yarder. But the way that it went in off the bar and in to win the game, pretty legendary they probably deserved a little bit better uh the Colts are two and a half point underdogs at Miami I also think the Colts get off the schneid at 0-3 this weekend there's some interesting underdog plays and I know Viking fans very interested to see what happens at the the uh, bank stadium U.S. bank stadium on Sunday 
They're hosting the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland's a two-point favorite on the road. And the Vikings to win plus 110 on the money line. A couple of other interesting games. Chiefs laying seven on the road at Philly. Rams minus four and a half at home against Arizona. And a big, big game in that division as well. Seahawks and Niners. Niners three-point favorites at home. Ravens opened as a slight underdog. They're now one-point favorites against the Broncos. Packers laying six and a half at home against the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's noodle arm. And then the game of the century, maybe, outside of playoff football. Tampa at New England. Brady, Belichick, Sunday night football. Tampa laying seven points as a road favorite going into Foxborough. And the Monday nighter right now, Chargers and Raiders, Chargers minus three and a half. So there are all of your lines. I imagine once the rosters get set, there'll be some preseason games. I think I'm limiting my preseason betting to that Wednesday game for the Jets puck line. It went well. We'll take it and move forward. But there are also, of course, Major League Baseball games tonight. And here's how it looks. Red Sox minus 192 favorites against the Nats. Not surprising. The Toronto Blue Jays, massive favorites, minus 345 at home against the Orioles. And then the other game that, you know, is of huge, huge significance to this race, the Seattle Mariners, minus 167 at home against the LA Angels. As well, if you get to Coolback, click on the boosted odds parlay. We've got the partner parlay for this week. Browns money line. I'm a little iffy on that one. I kind of like the Vikings. Chris is on the Browns, though. Dusty's on the Rams money line, and I'm betting the Chargers down to minus two and a half. It was about plus 360. It's got to boost it up to plus 425. So that is there for you. And if you've never played a cool bet before, uh, fantastic site, most transparent book, uh, payouts, quick, easy, with no charge, but you will want to use the promo code WST for your first deposit, and that will get you a 100% bonus up to $200 on your first deposit. And there's some great other boosted parlays, including the Jays playoff push sweep parlay, plus 130 for the Jays to win all three games against the Orioles. Obviously, they're a massive favorite tonight. They will be in the next couple games. Can they get it done? If you are a believer, get on it. Plus 130 for yes, minus 175 for no all right Remo how are things coming in the uh, the chat we got a lot of people dropping uh exclamation mark marbles and getting ready to uh, either go to the ice home opener or win our first t-shirt giveaway along with uh the doc 57 cc yeah it's going pretty well this is so much uh, easier than before we've got 87 entries so people are coming in the chat how do you get in just type exclamation mark marbles uh, our chat is very flooded and while you're doing that hey make sure you're subscribed to the channel uh we hit over 5500 yesterday yes big accomplishment and uh make sure you're liking the video too 127 likes so far let's see if we can get that i mean there's 235 people in here what are you what yeah are you do doing? us a favor Hook yeah the boys on. up all you right. need to do is hit that thumbs up button and uh it certainly helps us going on who is it justin fung saying i need to take hydration tips from kenny that's true but i'll tell you what mm. check it out folks I know I hadn't like dropped all the Ryder Cup merch that I had. I did make a point. I knew that I needed to get more hydrated. And I've got this bottle. This is right out of the Ken Weeb playbook here, a water bottle. And I know I'm drinking the Diet Pepsi. I'm limiting myself to one or two a day right now, although that one is like a 710 milliliter. But here you go. A little water. Shout out to Kenny. Always hydrated. And Justin Fung. Uh, if you're just popping in, 
exclamation mark marbles to get in the race. Well, you're going to fire this up in just a second. Remo, if uh, you're ready to go, sort of last call, folks. Mm. Last call, exclamation mark marbles if you do want to get in. And uh, I'd just like to see everyone's there. Mm. I do I do want to apologize, though, for um, Ken's doubled audio. Um, that's what happened the other day with Tim. So when we were on the phone, uh, I forgot to close one of the phone things. And uh, that's why he was doubled. And then I had to step out of the room for a sec. So uh, I didn't hear it right away. So when I came back, I came back in time and I, you were yelling at Kenny for something on his end. And I was like, no, no, sorry. That was- no, you just took off for a while. And I just, you know, that's, I just that, that's what happens. Hey, I had to step out uh, for a sec, you know, and we don't get commercial breaks here. That that's that is true. I took a little yeah. commercial break to go yeah. and grab this Doc Fifty Seven. All right. Yeah. So to recap, folks, big marble race. Thanks to everyone that entered. We are getting everyone into the chat. We'll see what Chorus Remus has for us. The winner today will get the I Love Rye package, which is including this amazing Doc Fifty Seven. Uh, we had only two to give away. Jet Oil Tom won the first one. I've got it here for you, Tom. Today's winner will have this and our first giveaway of the co-branded canadian club winnipeg sports talk merchandise we're doing a t-shirt today we'll do a hoodie for the home game next week for the winnipeg blue bombers and second and third place will receive a pair of tickets for tomorrow night's winnipeg ice home opener at the ice cave at wayne fleming arena over at the university of manitoba all right remo uh, how are we looking all right so i'm going to close the entries now Okay, entries are closed. Thank you to everyone that entered. I will close. And uh, by the way, if you entered and you just popped in, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. And anyone that hasn't subscribed, hook the boys up uh, and join us daily here, one o'clock on YouTube. And of course, afterwards, if you're not able to catch us live, you can always come back and watch the YouTube stream at any point afterwards and the podcast in your feed just in time for your drive home in between 3 and 3.30 each and every day. Although, geez, we are right up against it. I knew we'd probably go a little bit long today. There's so much to talk about with the Jets, Bombers, Blue Jays, NFL, Ken and John coming on, and uh, we wanted to have some fun to kick off the week. And again, a big thanks again to Brandon Rewicki, who did hold it down along with Remus last Friday and Monday while I was gallivanting off at the uh, at the Ryder Cup. Um, where do we pick up prizes if you win? Uh, probably, I mean, I've just had people come by my spot um, to do it. We can meet somewhere else, somewhere that's convenient. Um, and I know there were some people talking about a um, WST meetup. We will certainly do another one, uh, probably for a jet road game, I'd imagine. We'll grab a beat. We'll go into BP or maybe get up to Little Brown Jug actually would be really fun to do as well. Um but as I said, been super busy getting us into October with everything going on. Come hockey season, we will most definitely do that. Or maybe for a Blue Bomber road game, we'd certainly love to do that as well. All right, Remo, how are we looking? Pretty good. I'm just about to pick a track. And one thing too, Hasse, is saying we want to get, uh, we got to get people started doing like after the video airs, you can leave a comment on on the video. I oh, said, yeah. I said, leave a comment of a player. Who's like stood out to you in Jets training camp uh, and just write, write a name at the, at the bottom. And I also put, uh, you know, chapters as well for all the different segments um, in the end. Uh, so if you want to want to watch the replay, you can just hit the time code. It'll bring up where you want to go. So I'm going to pick a track here. Well, let me add the names. We have 93 yep. entries in this. Oh, Winnipeg Walter, just quickly. No Bengals chat. 
I, I was all over last night's game. I had in the pool, you know, they had to pick who wins, Cincy, but went head to head with Dusty, took the Jags, took Trevor Lawrence over 60 and a half rushing yards, Trevor Lawrence to get a touchdown. Huge night. I, I got the mojo back after that miserable Tuesday night where we got killed on the Elks and the Blue Jays on the same night. Um, so what are we doing? Oh, the boomerang? Is should that do, the is that yeah, today's should race? Do, should we do the boomerang? It sounds kind of cool. It sounds cool. As I said, you know, we don't really know these. Some of the tracks are better than others. That last one we did was wild. The ice one was really cool. But I love the fact it's sort of mysterious. No one knows. It's the same for everyone. So uh, your monitor, if you can't read this, your monitor is upside down. How about that? Mine's okay. upside down. Oh, wait. This race. Go. Oh, wait. This one sucks. No, no. This one sucks. We've done this. It's just a circle. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let me get can we, this one. This can we sucks. cancel this one? Yeah, we, we can cancel this one. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. We want to go back to the main menu. Well, let's confirm that. And yes, Justin Fung, this is the beauty of YouTube. Uh, we can go longer if we want, and we can jump on whenever we want. We will do some pop-ups and hopefully some pretty exciting new things coming in around the start of hockey season. It's also in the chat. There's a little tease for you folks. Uh, but this is the most fun way to finish up Fridays and another great week on Winnipeg Sports Talk with an awesome giveaway. Thanks again to Canadian Club. They are the official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and you know they're the official whiskey of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, what do we got here? Can your marbles survive the all-new? Oh, I missed the rest of that. It's the, ra- about the, the raging curve. pin. I think this one is good. The, I think we might Ooh. have done it. I see it's possible we did it, but this is the raging pin. And raging got- pin. All right. Everyone in the chat, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the program. Good luck to everyone. Couple pairs of ice tickets for second and third place and the Dock 57 and our first co-branded Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club t-shirt as part of today's I Love Rye package. Uh, all right, Remo, start it off. Here we go. Oh, yeah, this one is awesome. It's sort of like the Plinko coming down. Let's see. Rob Wright with a hot start. Jeff Bowes in there, I'm uh, seeing. Oh, a bunch Pierogies of people. and Pucks, great name. Tyson Ducharme is in. Yeah. Were there some eliminations already? Leslie, David Asplin, Trevor Red Ranger, Trisha, Michael Sofer, Alex, all done. And there's uh, Patrolman Pete, hashtag for the W, going through this little uh Oh, tube. Patrolman Pete's into the lead right now, looking good. Oh, and a big move by Todd Fertani up to the top. What's going on, Todd? Raiders are 3-0. and Todd's winning the race right now. What's going on? What alternate reality are we in? All right, we got Todd. We got Mitch. Uh, Mitch, Winnipeg Hockey Talk. Winnipeg Walters in there. BA split. This is a very fast one. I'm uh, I'm enjoying this so far. Uh, oh, Todd Fertani over the top rope. Another elimination. Mitch now in the lead. Can he stay on the course? BA split. Uh, the Beavers out. Pierogies and Pucks still hanging in. But it looks like Mitch right now is the leader. B.A. Oh, B.A. is in first right now. B.A., Mitch, Christopher Met is now in. Uh, This is going to be interesting. B.A., B.A., one of the OGs of Winnipeg Sports Talk, looking quite good. He is in first place, I believe, right now. Although this is very strange. Oh, that's the view. Okay, B.A. wins. Yeah. B.A. split after all many close calls beforehand. B.A. is our winner, but let's see who finishes second. We still have ice tickets for second and third place. Right now, it looks like Chris Vermette and Jeff Bowes are in the mix. Jeff, Jeff is getting very close. Jeff is in, I think. 
it is in now. Bartholomew, Michael Cochran, tacos or sandwiches, all in the mix. Michael Cochran won is our next winner. And man, was that ever close. Great to have three prizes today because that was a hell of a race. Uh, B.A. Yeah, Alex, I'm gutted for Tanny. I know that's a tough that's a tough one to swallow. First place. That's like the Raiders. And then you got eliminated over the top rope. Maybe that's a bad omen for uh, for Monday night. I don't know. Um, so B.A. Split. One of the OGs and best supporters of WST. Congratulations. We've got this for you. And a Jet Oil Tom, I've got yours as well. And we've also got, you're going to get the first WST t-shirt that we co-branded with CC. Um, so congratulations to you. Uh, Jeff Bose and Michael Cochran, you guys are getting two tickets for the Ice Home Opener tomorrow. Now, um, Jeff and Michael, I'm not sure whether you guys are on uh, Twitter but you can send us a DM uh, if you'd like, or maybe send us an email to a Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com um, just with your email so we can send you the tickets. And uh, BA, hit me up with the DM. I know where you're at uh, as far as online, and we'll make sure that you can come and pick up the T-shirt. We'll get a size for you and get that done. Um, so anyways, awesome way to finish off. That was fun. A lot of eliminations, but uh, BA finally getting a W. I think he's been in each and every one of these races so far. He's been with us pretty much every show uh, and got it done tonight. There it is. BA split. But split. The winner today on Winnipeg Sports Talk, Remus. That was Long a time cr- coming. That was a crazy race. There were a ton of eliminations. Uh, oh, was- we see. Wait, quick. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Michael what? Cochran won. I'm not available for the game. Please give the tickets to number four. Very nice of you, Michael. Uh, who finished fourth, Reem? Check the final results. Uh, who was it? Tacos. Tacos are sandwiches. Tacos are sandwiches. Guess what? We got a pair of tickets for you for the game. Uh, very nice of you, Michael, to uh, pass it on to uh, the next spot. So Jeff Bowes and Tacos or Sandwiches are going to get the tickets, uh, courtesy of Michael Cochrane, who uh, did it. Jeff Kabilis, go Wheaties. Oh, Wheaties fan, Kabilis. What about the ice? You're a peg guy. Well, I guess we, I think you're out in Steinbeck, actually. Um, so, yes, Winnipeg Sports Talk at Gmail if you don't have Twitter or Instagram. Otherwise, just send us a DM. Tacos and Jeff will make sure we get those tickets emailed out to you. And a BA, congratulations again. Man, this has been an awesome, awesome show. Uh, I love the Friday shows. And next week, as I said, our first hoodie to give away uh, as part of our uh, Canadian Club marble race at the end of the program. Man, that was great. Uh, Big thanks to Canadian Club for their great support. Congratulations to our winners, as well as CoolBet, our newest sponsor, Princess Auto. Thanks so much. And we'll be following the Princess Auto curlers out at the mixed on the weekend. Let you know what's going on on that on our Princess Auto curling report next week. Of course, our friends at Royal Sports. Great time to get to Royal with everything going on, uh, both on for fans as well as players, certainly with hockey season back. The Nick and Nicky DQ group. I saw Nick in the chat when I was talking to Kenny. Didn't get a chance to shout him out. Not sure whether Nick's still here, but great to have Nick on. You know the four locations. Hit them up. Grab a blizzard or a burger sometime this weekend. Donnie and the guys over at Manitoba Battery powering you and Winnipeg Sports Talk over on Logan Avenue. See them at manitobabattery.com. Of course, the weekend is here. You know what that means. A great time to crack a 1919 from Little Brown Jug. See them at littlebrownjug.ca or pop by the tap room and patio at some point this weekend over at William Avenue. Uh, and of course, our friends at Boston Pizza. I think I might be setting up shop at BP tonight for the Bombers and the Lions. A late start 
for your team. Uh, man, great week. Remo, awesome week again. Thanks to you for holding it down even on Monday. And again, we missed everybody yesterday, but thought it was important to take the day off to observe the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. But the weekend is here, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the Bomber game tonight. Two Jets exhibition games. Huge week of CFL, including a doubleheader tomorrow. And then the NFL finishing up with Brady going back to Foxborough. This is what it's all about. I love September. And I guess now we're into October. We're just about ready to drop the puck on the season. It's a good time to be a sports fan. It's a great time to be with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great weekend. Congrats to the winners. Thanks as always. Spread the word. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and how they can find us. And we'll see you Monday at 1 p.m. with everything going on with the Blue Jays, Jets, Bombers, and more here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks for being with us, everyone, and enjoy the weekend. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.